1040 presents Just Here for the Beer, Canada's original dedicated beer and spirits radio show. Beer. Now, Just Here for the Beer Radio, here's your host, Joe Leary. Welcome to Just Here for the Beer Radio, broadcasting on TSN 1040, tsn1040.ca, 103.5 FM, HD2, and also on the iHeartRadio app. I'm Joe Leary, Mr. Rick Mohabir of Just Here for the Beer Limited. At JHFTB is how you follow us on Twitter and Instagram, and also on Facebook, Just Here for the Beer. Well, this is not just another Just Here for the Beer. This is a very special Just Here for the Beer. I'm going to try not get emotional because it was 10 years ago this week yeah. we started the show. The person that occupies your chair and has for the last nine and a half years wasn't you. The person is no longer here. That's Colin Jack. And we did not know where this show would go. We certainly, I mean, I, I say this probably every year because every year you go by, well, that's another year, that's another year. But we didn't plan on anything. And, no, and, we and we certainly didn't plan on one of us not being here yeah. as the show continued. And I'll never forget that fateful night when um, we realized that Colin was no longer with us. And it, the timing was, well, there's never a good time for that. But we had a show booked. Yeah. And, you know, as the old adage goes, the show must go on. And it did. In, in terms of the being a little bit selfish in terms yeah. of the radio show part, yeah, it, it totally, the show m- must go on. And, and, but on the friendship part, uh, Colin's passing took us all by surprise. Right, we we thought he personally. I always thought he was going to be my uncle Phil from from Fresh Prince. Right, he's always going to be there. But unfortunately, uh, the universe had other plans for him. So and and then he his untimely passing affected us all. But again, we decided you and I had a conversation. Yes, a few days before the show was due to air, and we said, you know, what, let's do this in Colin's memory, not knowing where the thing would go. And I remember the first time that we did a collaborative beer and 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 had just here for the beer. Which wasn't my company. I, I jumped on board late. Mm-hmm. It was you and Colin. Yeah. And you remember thinking, wow, he would be so proud. And then the first anniversary comes, and then we make it to five years. And you know that, you know, God willing, the next one is going to be ten years, and that's where we are today. And it's, um, it ties in again with another collaborative beer from Monkey Nine uh, called Chimpendales. It <laughs> ties in with us being the cover story of the brewing industry leading magazine called What's Brewing. And... Um, you know, it's just, it, 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 we aren't, as bad as the timing of Colin's sudden passing was, mm-hmm. the timing of the radio show was almost prophetic because the craft beer industry was blowing up. And, and, and I think that was the other thing, too, that as much as Colin and I joked around being best friends for 20-something years, and, 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 I, and I love telling this story, you know, we were drunk buffoons one night we'd be in, wouldn't it be cool if we could do this do that do the other and then all of a sudden the radio show came up and I'm like well you know Leary I'm like go talk to Leary maybe he, he can he can hook it up for us and then lo and behold here we were but honestly as much as Colin had something to do with this Joe so did you well I also must give props to Stu Ferguson yes Stu Ferguson was my then Very program so. director at what is now BNN Bloomberg 1410 it was in called Fund 1410 and we were doing paid programming on weekends. And I remember doing a, a pay, pay infomercial for a, a, a paperless flush toilet. <laughs> like th- we were literally <laughs> selling off the airwaves for, for new and inventive things to test. So I remember Stu heard Colin on my show, and he said, Hey, that, that uh, buddy of yours that uh, was talking about the beer, that Colin guy, he, um, he sounds pretty good. He knows his beer. I said, Yeah, absolutely. He goes, um, Think there's any uh, any money in a 
in a beer show. And I, I didn't know the industry. I knew how yeah. to drink beer, and that was it. <laughs> and I, I remember bouncing it off Colin. And, and again, you know, these are, these are revenue sources, and we need to pay for the airtime in exactly. order to do the show. Um, as good as the radio station is, they ain't giving the time away for free. <laughs> so uh, anyway, we, we initially teamed up, and um, it's just it, it, it's a moment in time that uh, I'll never forget because it, it and, and you can only wonder what what Colin's reaction would be today if this if was if he were here for the tenth anniversary. Yeah, well, I'm am sure wherever he is, he's sitting there watching us. So. Yeah, he missed out, uh, or he's going to miss out on a on a hell of a cake too. By oh, the way, oh. the cake that sits there and is mouth watering. It's the anniversary cake from Cindy's Treats, and Cindy has made this. I don't even know how we're going to cut oh. into that and eat it. I don't know. It's just absolutely beautiful. You guys will see pictures of it up on social media, our, our Instagram and Facebook and everything else that we're going to do, but you guys are going to love it. So for this 10th anniversary, um, aside from our producer, Justin Kwan, who's been with us a while now, and we enjoy the fact that he never speaks silent, to us. Justin <laughs> silent, Justin Kwan. Just masked and <laughs> silent. But uh, we're going to roll down memory lane with some friends uh, of the show. In the early days, we're going to talk to Ken Beatty, who is the executive director of the BC Craft Brewers Guild. We'll talk to uh, Derek Smith of Dead Frog Brewing. I know they were early believers in yeah. Just Here for the Beer when you guys were doing the, the beer events that preceded the radio show. Um, and we've got Elliot McCurr, who, who's now with Electric Bicycle, and he came from Big Beer. And we'll, it's, it's just going to be a little bit of we'll move forward a bit, and then we'll look back a bit. But um, uh, it's just hard to believe, and I'm so immensely proud that we are here for the 10th anniversary show of Just Here for the Beer at Monkey Nine Brewing. Looking forward to it? Cheers, buddy. Yeah, for let's, sure. Let's do it. Gee, is that what I look like when I'm drunk? You wish. That's the stage we call Professor Barney. Talkative, coherent, even insightful. Here's drunk. You're listening to Just Here for the Beer Radio on TSN 1040. Just Here for the Beer Radio is supported by Angry Otter Liquor. Liquor on 248, their flagship store on 248th Street and the Fraser Highway. Your premier liquor experience in the Fraser Valley. Liquor on 248th with over 10,000 square feet of shopping space and one of the largest walk-in beer coolers in B.C. Now on special, Fubber's Folly Ride the Lightning Tall Can 4-Pack. Only $12.49, you save $3. Smuggler's Trail Captain Stone Lager 6-Pack for $11.89, you save $2. Stella Artois 12-Pack for $27.29, save a buck and a half and get a free charcuterie board with purchase and Mike's Blue Freeze 355 milliliter six pack only $9.99 saving $3. These prices in effect through November 11th. Visit Liquor on 248th, 248th Street and Fraser Highway, the flagship store from Angry Otter Liquor. You're listening to Just Here for the Beer Radio on TSN 1040. Once again, here's your host, Joe Leary. Welcome back to Just Here for the Beer Radio, TSN 1040, tsn1040.ca, also at 103.5 FM HD2, broadcasting from Monkey Nine Brewing across from the Silver City Riverport in Richmond. Monkey Nine Brewing, and we have some people here that we will introduce you to. We have Xander Zemanski. Did I get that right? Yep. The brewer. We have Brandon Pronk, the manager. I got that right. We got Dallas Worthington. We're not sure what (laughs) your role is. I'm just, I'm here. I'm just, <laughs> just here. Just here for the beer. <laughs> yeah, I'm just here for the beer today. Well, let's start off with talking about the beer. So this was a collaboration that we had talked about. And as these things, you know, you have to plan because you've only got so much tank space. And this is not, your, your room here is not the biggest brew side I've ever seen. No, it it's, is. Yeah. It's, it's reasonable. It's compact. <laughs> but uh, so we, we decided to release it in collaboration with Monkey Nine and to tie it in 
with the anniversary show of Just Here for the Beer, and I could not be more pleased. So we said to you guys, you decide on the beer. We just, we just want to have some input as to how we image it and how we promote it. So how did that process work? Well, I took a look at kind of past brews from other breweries and your past collaborations. I did notice a trend in the uh, IPA category being a very <laughs> highly favored uh, type of brew. We, we are kind of hopheads. Yeah. Yeah. So I wanted to continue the tradition, right. but uh, do something new. And something new, I guess, in the industry these days has been brewing with kvike, which is just translates to yeast. It's the Norwegian word. And uh, it has its own kind of flavor composition. It's a unique yeast that it produces beers in a fraction of the time. You can ferment these things pretty much at body temperature, and it still tastes darn good. Okay, now don't try and flatter me here. And Brandon, you can jump in because you, yeah. I've seen you behind the bar yeah. as well. Uh, how long has it been uh, on tap here? Uh, on tap, I think we started it off uh, probably about three weeks ago. Okay. Uh, we wanted to do more of the launch for the full yeah. full name and everything once we had the show go out and a little bit of promotion. Right. Uh, but we just wanted to get it into people's hands and we're really happy with what came out as the final product. So we wanted to get as much feedback as we could. And what, 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 are, what is the feedback? It's been great. It's uh, Aside from our lager, it's been our number one seller consistently week after week. I think we're going through twice as much of that as anything oh. else aside from the, uh, the lager side of it. So people are loving hazy IPAs right now. Uh, and we just wanted to let people enjoy that. And Dallas, how uh, this is, of course, as we say too many times, a very challenging world we live in right now. From the from the restaurant side, from the bar side, I mean, it's uh, how's biz? You know what? It's uh, we're in a bit of a different area out here, but as far as our regulars go and the business we have, I've been so pleasantly pleased by the people supporting us. It's been amazing. Like you've talked about our area, we've got so much going on here, but with COVID, there's nothing going on right now around us, which is so it makes us a bit of a destination. But people are finding us, and uh, we've been very pleased. And people are the food's good. You know, we're launching really good. Yeah. So we've got some great specials with the wing nights and taco nights, trying to get people in with football and sports with our big screen. We've been in the patio. We've been, I think, Brandon, we've been pretty awesome. It's been, as far as that's, as people finding us with not just having walk-by traffic right now with no movie theater or ice rink. So. Yeah, there's not a lot of pedestrian traffic in this area. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's, it's destination, but once you get here, there's, a, there's an awful lot to, uh, to be had. Um, so let's talk about the availability of the Chimpendales Hazy IPA, obviously on tap here. Yep. You're saying the response is good. That's great to hear. I know you're canning this week. Uh, where, what's the plan? What's the rollout? Where will where can we expect maybe to find it? Uh, we're doing our best basically to kind of roll it out. We're hoping with a few liquor stores in Richmond, uh, some BCLs. We don't have any like I can't say for sure where exactly right yeah. now, but um, well, we'll yeah, across the Lower Mainland. Was what yeah, we'll definitely have it at the Park Pub down in Vancouver at mm-hmm. at the Best Western Sands. There, the Park Pub will have it for sure. Mm-hmm. That'll be one of our definite taps that we're gonna, we're already yeah. on. T- guaranteed a spot there so yeah. well uh, you know uh, yeah and i think we're trying to aim also for the uh john b pub oh the john yeah, our, yeah. oh yeah our friends at the john b pub will take it yeah. for sure uh and uh part of the concept what we are, like to be involved in is we like to so, sort of have some input in the label and i think we should give a shout out to uh your allison. creator allison did an amazing job yeah and it was a play on the chippendales right only but you know being being primate inspired as some of your beers are it felt only right to call it the Chimpendales. Yeah, Allison Kylo works for the part of the company, and she did a like an '80s inspired logo with you yeah. and Rick and Xander over yeah. here, and kind of even like tied in the pants with the '80s design. Yeah. And 
pinks and blues. It's pretty unique. It looked killer. Mm-hmm. And uh, and Brandon, you're a brewer's assistant as well, among your other duties. Is yes. That so uh, ever since everything took back over, I uh, took a little bit of time and just evaluated everything uh, during the break. And it's kind of one of those things I've always just been super interested in. Our uh, previous uh, head brewer, Travis, uh, actually brought me in to make our first hazy IPA that we put on after a lot of uh, pressure from myself. So I got to brew a couple here and there with him. And then, uh, luckily, ever since Xander's taken over, actually, he's been teaching me a lot. So we've been off spending as much time as I can in the brewery. Well, we should give props up to Travis, who's, yeah. who's now at Parallel 49. But the Actually, he's uh, he's moved over to Settlement Brewing now. Oh, he's moved over? Okay, yeah. see, this is, you yeah. can't keep track of the brewing scene here. <laughs> yeah. But uh, we initially discussed it with him, and then Xander, uh, we didn't know you, and for you to step in and, and, and create the beer that uh, we all had planned on, that's testament to you. So thank you so much. Uh, it's called Chimpendales Hazy IPA. Monkey Nye Brewing is on Entertainment Boulevard across from the Silver City Riverport. Dallas, Brandon, Xander, thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks very much. Cheers. Thanks, thanks for having us on. Have a good night. Just Here for the Beer Radio is sponsored in part by our friend Armin at 12 Kings Pub at the corner of 12th and Kingsway in Vancouver. It's your local sports hub for all sports with sound. If you're an NFL fan, pop in for NFL Sundays, all games with the NFL Sunday ticket, and they open at 9.30 on Sunday mornings. There's also NFL on Thursday nights, along with trivia and DJ Storm. It's 12 Kings Pub at the corner of 12th and Kingsway in Vancouver. You're listening to Just Here for the Beer Radio on TSN 1040. Just Here for the Beer Radio is supported by Angry Otter Liquor. Liquor on 248, their flagship store on 248th Street and the Fraser Highway. Your premier liquor experience in the Fraser Valley. Liquor on 248th with over 10,000 square feet of shopping space and one of the largest walk-in beer coolers in B.C. Now on special, Fober's Folly Ride the Lightning Tall Can 4-Pack. Only $12.49, you save $3. Smuggler's Trail Captain Stone Lager 6-Pack for $11.89, you save $2. Stella Artois 12-Pack for $27.29, save a buck and a half and get a free charcuterie board with purchase and Mike's Blue Freeze 355 milliliter six pack only $9.99 saving $3. These prices in effect through November 11th. Visit Liquor on 248th, 248th Street and Fraser Highway, the flagship store from Angry Otter Liquor. This is Just Here for the Beer Radio on TSN 1040 and your host, Joe Leary. Just here for the Beer Radio on TSN 1040, tsn1040.ca, also at 103.5 FM, HD2, and on the iHeartRadio app. Joe Leary along with Rick Mohabir from Just Here for the Beer Limited, at JHFTB is how you find us on Twitter and Instagram, also we're on Facebook. Broadcasting from Monkey Nine Brewing across from the Silver City Riverport in Richmond, where they have our collab, special 10th anniversary collab beer uh. called Chimpendales, which is a hazy IPA. Come on in and check it out. It's being canned on Friday. Well, of course, this show is airing. It's already air. It's already canned now as by yeah. the time the show airs on Saturday. But um, we're sort of going down memory lane as we uh, look at 10 years because this is something we didn't foresee. It, it was a milestone. And, and again, as we mentioned before, the, uh, the unfortunate and unexpected 
uh, situation that developed early on in the show. We certainly didn't expect to be here 10 years mm -hmm. later. But we're bringing some people back that uh, have had a lot to do with the beer industry and uh, we've known for a number of years. And uh, one of the people that we have not had on the show often enough over the years, and we're so glad he could join us today. Ken Beatty is the yes. executive director of the uh, Craft Brewers Guild. Well, Ken, we said that we started in October of 2010, and the number was 52, 52 I believe, yeah. 52 breweries. I don't know what the latest number is. It's north of 200. Where does it sit right now? Uh, 204 is, I think, but yeah. I never know yeah. because they pop up like weeds, yeah. which is great. Yeah. <laughs> well, we couldn't believe the growth of the thing. We, we started off, it was a beer show. It was not a craft beer show. It was a beer show. And uh, it was supposed to be a beer and barbecue show, but we had missed the, we had missed the <laughs> yes. budgeting season for barbecue. And we thought, oh, the hell with it. Let's just do a beer show. Not knowing what we would expect. It was a live show in the early days. We had a little situation one night where there was a certain beer name that because <laughs> of because <laughs> of the libation. The big black. Yeah. It, uh, it <laughs> <laughs> we decided at that point we shouldn't go live anymore. So we started, <laughs> we started recording the show. But, um, you know, we, we had no way of knowing where we'd be. We didn't, we didn't even think about it. You just kinda, you're taking it show by show and see where it goes. Uh, when you certain when you assume the, uh, the the craft the BC Craft Brewers Guild situation, what did you foresee? Did you have any? Was it already blowing up? No, I uh, I was at the bottom of the tsunami looking up and hit the wave at the right time. I when I started, uh, so I started in two thirteen. So let's call it I think less than sixty uh, yeah. breweries. We had uh, less than forty members. We now have 175 members, and as I say, we're north of 200 uh, breweries, and there's a plan. I just was checking this, knowing I was coming out here. We, there's a plan that there will be another. Uh, we've opened 12 already this year during COVID, which wow. is yeah. mind-blowing yeah. to me, and there's, there's scheduled another 13 to open. So we opened 27 last year alone. So every time I, every year I've been involved, we've opened at least 20 breweries. With the maximum of last year was I think 27. Crazy, isn't that crazy? We, we've often talked on the show that it's it's a it's a lesson in patience. It's a it's a it's a testament to patience because you put all this money in, you have to find the facilities, you have to hire a brewer, and you're putting all you're doing is just writing check after check after check. And it's a long time before that money comes back in the door. And then there are certain regulations and limitations and restrictions is a nice way of putting it before you can get your lounge endorsement and serve full pints and, and, and treat yourself as a, as a place. So it really speaks volumes about the testament that people have and the commitment they have to this industry. Yeah, I mean, it's a highly regulated. It's a controlled substance. So we understand that. People know what they're getting into. Um, I think there's been great strides over the years since you guys have star started and since I've started on what we've been able to accomplish moving forward to streamline a lot of that. And, you know, there's not a whole lot of good news stories out of COVID, but there's a lot of really good news stories on what's developed, uh, working with the associations, other associations, and the provincial government to get, like, patios in, to the breweries. We weren't allowed patios in, well, in Vancouver, you weren't allowed a patio. Now, pretty much every, uh, most of the majority of breweries have patios in, fr uh, in front of them. Um, you can, you know, you can do curbside service. You can do all these things. So they've, they've really worked very well at streaming streamlining the uh, streamlining the process there's more work to be done and the great news is the, re the government recognizes that so they're working towards that which is good Rick I'm curious uh, when you because you started just here for the beer the company 
a few years before we started yes, doing the radio 2005. show. 2005. Okay. Now, did breweries, to your estimation back then, was there such a thing as a tasting room? Or was it literally a place to go and pick up beer to go? It was basically a place to go in and, yeah. and, and try something before you buy it, is, is basically what it ended up being. Nowhere even close to the iteration of... of tasting rooms that we see now with food service, right, charcuterie boards, all of those things. That wasn't even on, 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 I don't think anybody could have foreseen that. But I believe as the business has grown, as demand has grown, as consumers have become more educated as to what craft beer really is and gotten out there and tried it and seen that it's much more than, as, uh, as another uh, brewer has put it, as a, as a gold brown and, and, a, and a, a dark liquid. Um, there's so much more there. And, along, and as Just Here for the Beer, we preach that with, with food. And now we're able to see that where tasting rooms are popping up, right? We've got brew pubs that are popping up. All of this is now being able to get that consumer and plunk their butt down in, in a chair and have them try a wide variety. Flights weren't even a thing then. Our guest is Ken Beatty, the executive director of the BC Craft Brewers Guild. Our 10th anniversary just here for the Beer Radio Show, broadcasting on TSN 1040 from Monkey Nine Brewing in Richmond. I often am remarkable, are remarkable how it, it what am I trying to say? I, I'm saying it's remarkable how this industry that you represent works so collectively and so collaboratively. I don't know if there's other industries out there where your competition is also somebody you're teamed up with. It's kind of unique, isn't it? it it's, it's like nothing I've yeah. ever seen in my yeah. life where, where you work with uh, the person that you are going to compete against and you run out of a key ingredient and you phone your neighborhood brewer and your fellow brewer brings you the key ingredient so you can make the product so you can actually compete against the person that brought you the product. <laughs> uh, I, you know, my background is big beer. Man, we weren't doing a lot of collabs with Molson and Labatt. (laughs) That wasn't happening on the sales side. The brewers were friendly, I've been told, but not the sales guys, not necessarily. So, yeah, it's uh, the collaboration pieces. And and as you see now, uh, to to Rick's point of where we're at, the the hubs, the the breweries have become community hubs, either Mm -hmm. neighborhood hubs or town hubs or regional hubs. And they're where people collect and where people meet to discuss the politics of the day or whatever else it might be. And then there's a number of businesses that are spinning off and being successful because of that. And, you know, and, and a number of agencies that, are, that, that work together. So that whole piece, we, we've moved from, oh, it's a beer place to it's a tourism and a hospitality sector. We're mm-hmm. a viable piece in an intricate part of the tourism economy in B.C., I think early on, and by early on, I even mean just a few years ago, but some municipalities get it, some were slow to get it, and I don't know if everybody has now have it, has it, but uh, would you say that governments, municipal or, or, or provincial, are they sympathetic to, and do they realize this, this industry is viable and it's, it's only going to get better? I think it's changed uh, incrementally, yeah, largely, because they, at the end of the day, what I've kind of learned is, is we are we do two things we we're a community hub and there's a sense of pride and of place but we're also a job creating machine so we're not when we when the average brewery opens in in a community and it has a tasting room on average WorkSafe bc tells us there's at least 13 new jobs created wow. as those breweries get bigger we now account for to the best our best estimate 4500 jobs in in 60 communities over a hundred and well, two hundred breweries. Let's call it. So that 
is something that government wants and cities want and towns want so they're they're much more uh, they're much more um aligned with what that mission looks like and what we're trying to get to and you know they're not we realize that you know we can be like european cities and sit out out, outside Mm -hmm. and nothing crazy happens we don't drink any differently if we're inside or outside and so um you know fresh air doesn't affect you so i think you're going to see more and more this city of vancouver just today passed all the patio bylaws right so that's fantastic uh they've been they've been reticent to do that up until now and and covid has started that so no, yeah, I think we're getting better. He is Ken Beatty, the executive director of the BC Craft Brewers Guild on our 10th anniversary just here for the Beer Radio Show on TSN 1040. Well, you're repping the BC Ale Trail uh, <laughs> logo, so it looks like. Are you guys in the beer game now, too? Uh, we are. This is a really interesting thing that we've uh, done. Um, we worked the BC Ale Trail. His, it's its fifth anniversary this year, and we have uh, been partners with Destination BC to, uh, to have people explore BC. Uh, around the province and this year uh, they actually came to us and said hey could we do something it, it happened uh, it was prior to where we're at in this point but the planning was uh, they we had moved into phase three and we wanted to work together to get people to staycation but to get out of their maybe out of their bubble their and locality, experience a yeah. bit and uh, so we just uh, were f- fortunate enough to have BC is uh, October is BC craft beer month and so we were fortunate enough to say we've got a program with the BC liquor stores and we haven't decided that program and so we had a coal uh, coal uh, lab beer put together uh, by Vancouver Islands and five other breweries around the province with destination BC it's called called uh, the Explorer IPA with Haskett berries we used uh, Haskett berries from Lumbee uh, we use blackberries from the Fraser Valley. We use Gambrinus malt from Armstrong. And we used hops from Breedenhof Farms. And uh, so we brought you the package and nice. uh, the beer Sweet. to try. And a little swag to, uh, to <laughs> answer. That's well, that's uh, congratulations yeah. on 10 years. Thank I you. mean, Thank as much you, as you guys, uh, as much as we can say the beer really sells uh, yeah. sells people liquid to lips, your, your efforts over the 10 years have really been influential to the craft beer business um, and helped and raised our profile. So we... We thank you very much for that. We're available in 50 liquor stores, numerous uh, numerous uh, co- private stores. We're in tasting rooms. It's on tap. If you go to uh, bcltrail.ca, uh, Joe Weeb, the beer writer, did a great mm-hmm. article on it, and you'll be able to see uh, where all the locations are. Well, thank you so much for being supportive of us, and thank you for the anniversary show gifts, and thank you for being on the show. We don't have you on enough, Ken, and we got to change that going down the road. I appreciate it, and congratulations again on 10 years, you guys. Cheers. 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 Just Here for the Beer Radio is supported by Angry Otter Liquor. Liquor on 248, their flagship store on 248th Street and the Fraser Highway. Your premier liquor experience in the Fraser Valley. Liquor on 248th with over 10,000 square feet of shopping space and one of the largest walk-in beer coolers in B.C. Now on special, Fober's Folly Ride the Lightning Tall Can 4-Pack. Only twelve forty-nine. you save $3. Smuggler's Trail Captain Stone Lager 6-Pack for eleven eighty-nine. you save $2. Stella Artois 12-Pack for twenty-seven twenty-nine. save a buck and a half and get a free charcuterie board with purchase and Mike's Blue Freeze 355 milliliter six pack only $9.99 saving $3. These prices in effect through November 11th. Visit Liquor on 248th, 248th Street and Fraser Highway, the flagship store from Angry Otter Liquor. You're listening to Just Here for the Beer Radio on TSN 1040. Once again, here's your host, Joe Leary. 
just here for the Beer Radio on TSN 1040, tsn1040.ca, also on the iHeartRadio app. Check out Just Here for the Beer at JHFTB on Twitter and Instagram, also our Facebook page, Just Here for the Beer. We're broadcasting from Monkey Nine Brewing in Richmond. It is our special decade-long show now in its second decade. Think about that, Rick. We're oh, now in our second decade. Makes it sound old, Mr. Yeah, Leary. It certainly does. And, you know, one of our friends, longtime oh, friend of the show, yes. Mr. Uh, Mr. Mike Trimble of Original 16. We always love the story of Original 16 because, again, you, know, you talk about pioneers, and I don't you know if we can horn to just a tad today because we're to be doing this 10 years later we didn't know and and you know the the, the history of the show there was such an unfortunate incident early on in, in yeah. the development of the program that we thought you know it would kibosh it but um, you know we've managed to survive and I, I love the story of original 16 because it is about survival is it not mr. Trimble it most certainly is and uh, when you just said 10 years and I'm thinking about the brewery in its 30th year uh, to think that there's been a brewery in that location since 1928, Hub City Brewing, and it was the Carlings Building, and uh, and then yes, Great Western Brewing Company was born out of the the closure of that and the hard times of the late 80s, uh, the closing of breweries across the country, and 16 of the workers said, "What are we going to do?" and uh, they tried so many things, and then it ended up being just one of the wives said, well, try your best to make this happen on your own, and, and uh, they mortgaged everything they had, and they made it happen. Wow. And so here we are 30 years later, uh, serving and pouring in four western provinces, and when you think about the Canadian farmer and what goes on, you think, man, there's nothing closer than farm to table than drinking an original 16. Well, I hate to dwell on the negative, but think of what you're not pouring in the province of Saskatchewan because <laughs> the CFL season is, is shuttered, and that's, your, that, that's bread and butter for you guys. It is bread and butter, but uh, like the social media piece all the time is always sort of in, your, uh, in the back of your mind, and they've done such a great job of sort of keeping the Saskatchewan Rough Riders um, sort of front and focus for folks even though there was no CFL this year we sure hope there is a season next year and the other thing Rick is that we've had so many brewers on over the years even when we started in the early days we you know we didn't have the variety of brewers sponsors that we did and we now have but um, so many of the brewers we've had over the years make a lot of beers and what I like about original 16 there's a couple of breweries in this country that they don't go that route they decide let's just zero in on something and and make the hell out of it but make it the best we possibly can and, and they've done that with this part of the portfolio, for sure. I mean, uh, the original 16 portfolio is about balanced beers. They brew the beers, although uh, under the ale banner, uh, they're built like pilsners and lagers. Um, both the copper and the prairie white, just easy drinking, uh, balanced from an IBU perspective, and uh, just leaves a nice full mouth flavor. And, uh, yeah, it's a go-to. And one of the things that I love about this, li- this lineup in particular is so easy to pair with food are you are you, you you're cooking something hot and spicy you got something you want something nice and sweet and savory you got something they're, they're just beautiful i mean i mean we're videoing this right now but i mean once you start looking at these colors man they're just just gorgeous and i think mike trimble is the only guest well he is the only guest and consistently always brings his own glassware to I us know, as well I mean, I mean we could if if not managed properly <laughs> my cupboards could be just overflowing with original 16 glassware but Fantastic. beautiful can the public buy this glassware anywhere uh, they can they can go to the original 16 website and uh there's wow. lots of items that you can purchase mm-hmm. there um and that's just because of call from on premise and what we've done at retail uh that yes, customers like yourself, uh, Joe, want these items and they are available. So yes. let's wa- wander down memory lane um, for a little bit here. How long have you been pounding the streets, working with beer, 
what is your takeaway on how the beer profile has transformed and what was your first memory of being on Just Here for the Beer Radio? Because we, oh, we kind of get a little foggy with these memories. Um, the we're, book, getting old, the, we're getting old, Joe. We're getting old. The bookkeeping ain't, ain't <laughs> on point. Let's put it that way. Yeah, well, our biggest markets are obviously uh, Saskatchewan and Alberta. Uh, that's the sort of the breadbasket for Canada. And uh, the brewery being in Saskatoon, uh, our marketing is in uh, the Calgary market. And uh, Manitoba and B.C., uh, play a smaller role, but we're growing, and uh, that seems to be the biggest thing for our company is that we're still growing after 30 years. We're still in growth mode, and, and that's just sort of a wonderful piece, and it speaks to the people that are there and the innovation that keeps coming and uh, wanting to do new things and uh, continue to grow as a company. Uh, for myself, I've been in beverage alcohol a long time, uh, just over five years now with Great Western. I'm a Saskatoon boy, so it's a it's sort of a natural a fit grown. for me to to uh, reach back to my past and uh, you know remember those hard times and, and what's come out of it. And then uh, you know being in the BC market and, and knowing that I'm running with uh, sort of an unknown brand back then, um, yeah, we've made it happen. And coming onto your show was basically just a delight from a marketing perspective uh, because we don't have a lot of those uh, marketing dollars in BC and in Manitoba. So outside of spill that we often get uh, through different market mediums that come from Alberta or uh, Saskatchewan, um, your show was that for us, and it was a, a light and a focus for us. So I can't thank you guys enough for the years of support that you've given Original 16 and Great Western Brewing Company, uh, and, we, and we thank you and we congratulate you on your 10th year, and, and what better than to host this show on Canadian's Beer Day, <laughs> and uh, yeah. the company's been a buzz all day mm-hmm. with uh, little Instagram pieces and YouTube things, and... Uh, just really cool to just reflect and to, like I said, you know, thank the farmer that goes out there and makes this happen. And uh, here we are at the other end of the spectrum enjoying the, the beverage and the food that comes from the farmer. Now, I must ask, because these are crazy times, as I'm sure you've heard, there's a little something out there called COVID-19. And um, when you say, because being a newcomer, a newer brand to this marketplace, how I mean, how has it hindered your growth potential? Because obviously, you, you know, cake sales will be down. Um, is it hard to, or is, do you kind of think, well, maybe 2021 will be, you know, return to normal? We'll just sort of write 2020 off as a, as a growth year? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I, we sure hope so, don't we? Uh, we talk about just sort of reinventing ourselves. And, and yes, we want it to return to normal. But I think a lot of these little things will carry on moving forward. And uh, my heart goes out to all the people that are in the hospitality sector that have either lost their business, mm-hmm. lost their job. Uh, yes, it's imp- impacted us uh, greatly, but it's impacted them more. And I think we recognize that. And uh, we hope that there's a rebound in place. Um, you know, you're always trying to promote people to go out, certainly. Uh, but then that just made, sort of made the retail side of the business. If people are drinking more at home, consuming more at home, and not going out as much, uh, then that's sort of where the new arena is. And uh, we just try to, you know, use our resources here in BC. And the big part of it is just trying to sell through the BCLDB uh, to be able to get our products listed. And if we can do that, uh, then we're one step close to closer to getting it into retail, one step closer for people to enjoy our, our products at home. Uh, so Original 16 is uh, is widely available, and again, you know, you don't offer a lot to confuse the uh, the consumer. You give them a couple of quality products, 
and you just do them bang on. And uh, you know, it is it is something to uh, to appreciate. And we're so grateful because we could not have made it to ten years. We couldn't have made it to ten shows if we didn't have support from early believers, of yeah. which original sixteen was an early believer. And um, I'm very grateful for your uh, your friendship and your uh, your your, uh, your commitment to us over the years. And uh, here's to uh, here's to ten more. Here's to ten. Yes, indeed. Cheers, Mr. Mike Trimble from Original Sixteen, the Great Western Brewing Company. This is our tenth anniversary, just here for the Beer Radio Show, broadcasting from Monkey Nine Brewing in Richmond, and the anniversary show cake provided by Cindy's Treats. This thing is amazing. Well, we'll post out some pictures of it. Yeah. Uh, they specialize in theme cakes for all events and ages, platters for all occasions, including Christmas and parties. Check out on Facebook, Cindy's Treats. everybody. Hey, Mr. Peterson, Jack Frost nipping at your nose? Yeah. I was getting Joe Beer nipping at my liver, huh? This is Just Here for the Beer Radio on TSN 1040. Hey guys, Shane Meyer here, owner and operator of Good Lad Clothing in Lower Lawsdale, North Vancouver. Good Lad is Vancouver's only three-in-one shop where you can do some shopping, get a haircut or beard trim, and grab a coffee or drink in our cafe. We carry everything from apothecaries such as beard bombs and shave creams to Canadian-made brands such as Viberg Boots and Vancouver's own Raining Champ. Everything in the shop is ethically sourced, meaning everything is either Canadian or American-made, and our coffee beans are literally roasted two blocks away. Check us out on social media at Good Lad Clothing or visit the website goodladclothing.com for a better look at what we do and our latest drops. This is Just Here for the Beer Radio on TSN 1040 and your host, Joe Leary. Welcome back to Just Here for the Beer Radio on TSN 1040, tsn1040.ca, also on the iHeartRadio app, 103.5 FM HD2 as well. Joe Larry and Rick Mohabir from JHFTB at JHFTB on Twitter and Instagram, just here for the beer.com. Broadcasting from Monkey Nine Brewing across from the Silver City Riverport in Richmond, our 10th anniversary show. And we've welcomed uh, to the show some people that uh, we have some, some history with, some of the early believers in, uh, in what we do, and of course, we believe in what they do. And um, we brought in Smith and Son. Derek is the founder of Dead Frog Brewing. Cole. His son is the head brewer of Dead Frog Brewing. Congratulations, guys, on a good run yourself because we got into this game in 2010. Derek, give us a quick little history of what precipitated the lead-up to opening Dead Frog Brewing. Oh, wow. Um, We were just chatting with Rick here a little earlier, and I was thinking, how long have I been making beer? And it's pretty much 40 years since I started as, you know, a home brewer. And, um, you know, it just... Life evolved into it, and I had a small company before Dead Frog called Backwoods Brewing, which a few people might remember if you've <laughs> been listening <laughs> to the show the whole <laughs> 10 years. <laughs> Those 10 years fly. You know, so, uh, yeah, we evolved into a Dead Frog Brewery, and it's uh, been a quite a ride for a number of years. The industry's definitely changed. Well, we can ask of other people that sort of become or were pioneers, if you will, for this industry. But when we started in 2010... Uh, and, and Colt, jump in here, let, let me know your thoughts. But when we started in 2010, there was, I think, 52 breweries in British Columbia. And it was still a dominant, uh, the king of beers were still the king of beers back, at, back in those days. And now I think we're north of 200. So were, did you see this coming? Did you have any wisdom that perhaps, you know, we're onto something here? Or did, was it just kind of crazy when you, uh, when you experienced the growth now? Well, he might have not seen it coming, but I love it. Yeah. I think it's awesome. It makes my job that much more fun and more, pl- more places to go. And it really... 
makes me work harder. So your dad being a home brewer, did that get you into the home brewing, or were you his w- assistant? I honestly have never <laughs> homebrewed. You've never homebrewed? No, nope, wow. I worked in the brewery from yeah. grade 8 labeling bottles, the old clear <laughs> bottles with the neck <laughs> label. Child labor. <laughs> did that after high school every day, and then uh, decided I love beer and want to get into it. So did a KPU program, and... Here we are. So, Rick, you have history with Dead Frog because yeah. the first time I tried Dead Frog, they had it was a uh, it was a lime. What was the, the pepper lime? Pepper lime. Pepper, pepper lime lager. Pe- pepper See, lime. Re- bring it and, back memories. And that that hooked me. In. Did you not do an orange pep- or something? We've done hundreds yeah. of beers over the year. Back yeah. then, I think Mandarin Orange, Mandarin Pepper orange, Lime yeah. was yeah. one of our big ones, yeah, and, then, think, yeah. and then of course the one that's really stuck around is our Nut Brown. Mm-hmm. And that's which we're that's sipping on now, which yeah. really yeah, hasn't changed over the years. No, it's one of those recipes that just kind of, uh, and I'm sure brewers do it all the time, is just kind of build something overnight and go with it, and it works. So we've kept it going the whole time. I, I think part of it is he won't let me touch it. <laughs> <laughs> part of it is I don't want to touch it because yeah. it just works. You know, uh, not everything does work, though, you, you have to admit. Absolutely. And, and again, I'm just wondering what the terrain was like when, because you came up with a rather unusual name, Dead Frog Brewing. Yeah. And you're coming out with a couple of rather unusual beers and at a time when beers didn't get that crazy. Not yet. So what was the response to people? Was it immediate? Was it were there a lot of raised eyebrows when you told people the name and what you're going to do? Well, when we first started out, we got a lot of, I don't drink anything that's called Dead Frog. Yeah. But that quickly went away and people just really recognized the name. You know, we were looking for something that was memorable. Um, again, against the grain. Back then, all the beers were, you know, gold, brown, black boxes, that kind of thing. And we came out yeah. with the, one of the very first green boxes. Um, and it really stood out on the shelf, and that's really what we were looking for at that time. So did you learn at the feet of the master then, Cole, or <laughs> did it, was it a while before you got to drive Dad's car kind of thing? Or? It was quite a while. Yeah. I learned from, from quite a few of our beer brewers kind of coming up yeah. and took pieces from everybody. So when you have core beers in your lineup, as you do, and you have the history that, that you guys do, are you sort of told... Don't mess with it, or, or I mean, do you do you want do you get a chance to experiment with whatever you want? Anyway, is that is that fair to say? It took me about a year or two, and then they were like, "Okay, you can do whatever you want now." Right, kind of prove my earn my stripes, if you will. And and Rick, let's go back to uh, the Canada Cup of Beer and and Oktoberfest and things that you did with just here for the beer when you when you and Colin started up. What uh, what was it like to enlist the eight of these guys? Were they willing willing participants? You know what, uh, uh, we lovingly call them the original gangsters. But yeah, Dead Frog, Red Truck. I mean R and B. There's just a handful of guys that that came out and and what we were trying to do was was get exposure for them, right? So we were at the BC Home and Garden Show, Eat Vancouver, doing beer and food pairings. Like you know, you grab the nut brown here, easy to pair with food, chocolate, um, all kinds of different things, and then that's what kind of got people. To open their eyes and broaden that view of what what craft beer really is, and then that's what slowly kind of got that ball rolling. And a lot of that was Collins' mm-hmm. Collins' push to 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 be able to do that. Well, we uh, we live in obviously very different times, and what we used to come to know and love is the you know, Vancouver Craft Beer Week and things like that. Those those things don't exist, and I mean I don't think you can do them over Zoom. I don't think it has the same effect. You can you can try and recreate the event mm-hmm. somehow, but. Uh, what, what do you see going forward? Like, we're not out of this for a while. We know that. You've done all your part on to socially distance your, your, your area, and you've got an extended area outside. We don't know how long this good weather will last. We're hoping. But uh, what, what do you foresee? It, it, it's going to keep going the way it is right now for a while. We don't know how long that is. It'll loosen up. But the reality is when something like this happens, I think that there's going to be changes over a long period of time. So maybe festivals won't look the same. Maybe there won't be as many. 
Um, you know, it was getting to the point where we were doing festivals all the time, you know, and Colin and Rick were, you know, some of the beginning guys in that. And, you know, at that time we were really looking, looking for people that, you know, would stand up for us and talk about us. And, you know, we had lots of guys knock on our door, but these guys really stood, stood out and they made things happen in a time where nothing was happening around craft beer. So, uh, what is the latest tally on brewers in the Langley area? I know there's one that Smuggler's Trail just opened up. I know that there's one up in the planning stage, if not more. What's the, what's the head count now? Because, again, if you drove out, if you took the 200th Street turnoff, you know, 10, 12, 13 years ago, there wasn't a, much, a whole lot there. There was none. Yeah. We're up to six now. Six. Yeah. So and there's two of us right up by the freeway and then four down in Langley. Yeah. Isn't that staggering? It's within five kilometers, too. Yeah. And Langley is only, a, you know, a relatively small city, a little over 100,000 people with five breweries in it. You know, I think that starts to go, that kind of answers your question from earlier on. Could we see 200? No, we couldn't see 200 because there's no way you could see, f- you know, one brewery for every 20,000 people mm-hmm. in an area. And I think that goes to, again, the craft beer industry and its growth. And we've got young guys like Cole mm-hmm. coming up and picking up from his dad and, and trying new things and getting out there and, and creating new beers. And it's not just, as, as Derek, to build on what Derek said, it's not just that gold brown, dark brown liquid. There's more flavor to it. We're using local ingredients. We're doing sours. We're doing all kinds of different styles that, that are not only challenging for, for guys like Cole. And now he gets to be that, as we've talked about before, he gets to be that mad scientist and look in your, in, look in your little book and it's like, okay, well, what am I going to do this time? That's the fun part. Yeah. So the one thing that surprised me, we were out uh, at Dead Frog within the last couple of weeks, and uh, I didn't realize how much beer you have there. Now, obviously, a lot of it's just probably for the tasting. What, what, how, many, how many varieties are you uh, putting out these days? So 36 taps on the wall, about 28 of them are beer. Really? It, that's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Who the yeah. funk we do, yeah. do quite a, quite a few core products that just go out to the market, and then I do... I've got some smaller tanks that I just get to play with. We'll throw fancy, funny, weird things at the wall and see what kind of what sticks in the tasting room. And Derek, have, really you good. Ever, have you ever shaken your head at him going, what the hell are you doing? All the time. <laughs> All the time. <laughs> yeah, but those ones work. Yeah. Yeah, usually. And I've, I've kind of finally just, you know, I'm wrong. It's fine. We'll but get if, by. But if somebody had said like a pecan peanut butter style Stout. whatever yeah it, back in the day you, you, i mean we've talked about names and i always think that if this broadcast was happening like 15 years ago people are going there's no way they're talking beer well when peanut butter first came to my office so to speak i was busy that day and i basically didn't have kind words for the brewer at the time <laughs> like basically get out of my office yeah. you know yeah. not going to happen and now yeah. our peanut butter stout which i think releases next week or this week or something um is one of our most popular seasonal beers yeah. and this year we're putting it in 473 milk cans it's really cool uh, the other thing we have to give props to is uh you have the best of both worlds because you got great beers you got a really nice tasting room by the way in langley it's an amazing taste so and just to, to you know you can gps it but just if you're taking the 200th exit where you see the harley davidson building that's kind of where you guys are but uh your food is on point and and again you have the luxury of having the opportunity to make some really good food though limited because of your capacity but um man they've not had a bad meal at, uh, at dead frog Thank you. Yeah, we and we're a really family-run business, right? So it's my sister and my other son that run the kitchen. You know, Cole's our head brewmaster. I don't do much anymore. That's what they keep telling me. My wife looks after the books and all that stuff. So we're a really tight little business, and we make sure, you know, the things that are important to us get handled properly yeah. and food is definitely important to us. Well, listen, it's been great knowing you guys, and we'll continue to see you down the road. Um, stay safe, and uh, all the best for uh, what's still ahead. Congratulations, guys. Thank, Thank you. you guys. Cheers. 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 
I'm Joe Leary. I love a good burger, and I found one that's a combination of In-N-Out Burger meets Shake Shack. It's called Mimi's Burgers, a pop-up burger joint out of Glitch at 2287 West Broadway, two blocks west of Arbutus. It's a simple menu with four burger options, Mimi's Classic, Mimi's Cheeseburger, the Beyond Meat Burger, and the double-sized Honey for the Hungry Burger Lover. Great burgers, Kennebec fries, and trust me, they are good. Check them out for yourself. Mimi's Burgers think Shake Shack meets In-N-Out Burger. They're at 2287 West Broadway. It's the real deal. Mimi'sBurgers.com. You're listening to Just Here for the Beer Radio on TSN 1040. Once again, here's your host, Joe Leary. Just Here for the Beer Radio, TSN 1040, tsn1040.ca, also on the iHeartRadio app and at 103.5 FM HD2. Joe Leary along with Rick Mohabir from Just Here for the Beer Limited at JHFTB on social media, Twitter and Instagram, and also check out our Facebook page. And uh, we are at Monkey Nine in Richmond celebrating our 10th, 10th anniversary of yeah. Just Here for the Beer Radio. And it was, it was odd because we're recording this show on Wednesday, October 7th, which is National Canadian Beer Day. Which well, is just, just unbelievable. Like it's the anniversary it week so of our happens. show. <laughs> it just so happens. It's just everything's just coming together nicely. Look who's here. Dan Mariette. Dan yes. Mariette is the head brewer of Ravens Brewing. Mm. Been a while since we've seen you, my friend. How, oh, um, yeah. How's life in, uh, in the Valley been for you? Busy. Yeah. Very busy. Yeah. yeah. It's, uh, I mean, uh, uh, I credit it mostly to just everybody's support of, you know, uh, buying local and everything like that. It's just helped us out immensely. It's, 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 it's been... It's been uh, uh, a, a great turnout from everybody to kind of really support us and yeah very busy awesome so when because uh, we've talked to I don't know this is probably the first time we've had you on post the original quarantine yes. period yeah and uh, you know we don't need to dwell too heavily on, on all of that but um, were, was there thought initially for you that wow this could be the, the end of us or did you did you think <laughs> that well we're going to find a way to persevere because people are going to want their beer well i was i was actually in the middle of a trip to scotland when this oh all kind geez. of went down yeah so it, that was a little bit sketchy you got to get get home early yeah on one of the few flights you could get home before they kind of cut everything off so i was concerned with that and then also i you know i, I had really no idea exactly what was going on back at home so like you know it's, I, you know I'm, I'm kind of thinking like I, what, what am I going to come back to? Like, what's thing, what are things going to be like? And, uh, you know, um, back at home, we, we did kind of take our foot off the gas just a little bit, you know, and didn't know if, like, we didn't want to yeah. produce too much and not, you know. And then all of a sudden we found out we were actually, you know, uh, you behind all of a sudden, yeah. yeah, get going again. So, yeah. So I guess where there was initial concern and perhaps some, some layoffs or maybe shut down for a very, very brief period, when the uh, LRSs were, uh, you know, it was easier to get your product on the shelves dur- mm. during this time. And, of course, if people are going to be stuck at home, they need to eat, they need to drink. Yeah. And uh, so did you end up having to bring on extra staff? To ke- or were you able to keep up, keep, keep the pace up? Um, so uh, w- we actually only let go of one person, uh, laid off, whenever yeah. you want to refer to. Um, uh, but they actually, uh, uh, he actually, that's what he wanted to do. He was he just preferred to kind of, you know, uh, get, you know, stay, stay safe at home kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. Uh, thankfully, everybody else we managed to keep on. We did, you know, reduced hours for just a bit like i said we left the f- left our foot off the gas a little bit and then once we realized things were going we just kind of just carried on so it's been just a lot of work he is dan mariette the head brewer of ravens brewing just here for the beer radio on tsn 1040 tsn 1040.ca so those that uh, haven't been out to the valley of late to uh, to check out the scene what's um how is it has it grown substantially in uh, your in your time in the industry uh, yeah, I guess so. Um, I mean, I, I'm not. I'm not from the earliest time. I, I suppose I'm not one of the new guys anymore either. But um, uh, yeah, I, I mean, Abbotsford still has the same amount of breweries that we've had for a little while now. About four of them, I th- unless I'm forgetting somebody. I shouldn't 
<laughs> I shouldn't accidentally get myself in trouble like that. Yeah. Uh, but we've definitely seen, you know, like uh, we're seeing like new breweries open. Like, like we got uh, Hope is going to open pretty soon, Mountain View, and uh, wow. and like so, like I mean, like you know, it's it's still kind of continuing out. We're seeing Chilliwack growth in Chilliwack for sure, and all this sort of stuff. Nice. So it's all happening, yeah. So with um, with the brew house, you guys also distill. Did that pick up, or did you guys kind of see that kind of? That was that was an interesting thing. I mean, w- yeah. So we have we have a still, um, uh, which has been on the back burner for a long time. Just you know, trying to work on our thing and not to kind of push anything too fast. But then when the ability to produce hand sanitizer came around for distilleries, yeah. we actually got to get some good experience using our still. So that actually kind of worked out well. So we are now kind of pushing into uh, the spirit stuff as well. So our, our, our vodka is out limited in, in limited amounts. We're kind of just getting that out, and now we're working on our recipe for our gin and we're trying to actually work on and that's all you uh it's still me yeah. oh boy so you're busy <laughs> yeah yeah and the other one is uh we're doing we're trying to uh, get a chai liqueur out. Oh. so that should be so fun is there any truth dan too if you can brew beer you can you can distill booze um you definitely need some more equipment yeah. um a, a, a still specifically is the is the piece of equipment that will remove the alcohol from whatever it is you fermented mm-hmm. uh, which oftentimes can be similar to a beer now yeah. why do they still have the curly little thing because i thought that's like when you see the hillbillies <laughs> in, in the ozarks uh, you know with, with those kind of pot liquor stills but that's still how stills look yeah yeah in, in different ways they kind of all look like that like the the, the idea is that uh, alcohol will uh, uh, um, boil off at a lower temperature, yeah. so you kind of want it to make its way all the way to the top while having the water that is oh, going okay. with it uh, drop Condense back down, down again. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So now, are you? Uh, you're not jumping into the RTD market just yet. Or you, this is. These are. This is bottled <laughs> spirits. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So that's uh, my understanding. I don't know the full legal thing about it, yeah. but um, being a craft distillery allows us some flexibility in terms of uh, the amount of taxes that we pay. Sure. Uh, it also puts some restrictions on the types of uh, products we can use to produce our sugars for fermentation. Uh, but uh, it also puts restrictions on us not being able to do mixed drinks and that kind of thing as well. Uh. So it's not really an option for us. You've brought some Raven samples. What uh, what are we looking at? Um, well, so we have our all-father Pilsner. It's done in like the traditional kind of German-style Pilsner. Really proud of that one. It's just kind of one of the ones that we have kind of available all the time. Um, and then uh, the other one that's kind of uh, a big deal for us right now is our hot chocolate porter. We actually got um, uh, we got it into um, not all of the government stores, but a number of the government stores around the province. So that's actually really good distribution for us. So this is it's, it's going to be one of the beers that will be easiest to find around the province for sure. So we must tell people because if they're heading out to uh, to Abbotsford to check out Ravens Brewing and check out the uh, the beer scene out that way, um, what do you have? What kind of provisions do you have for? accommodating uh, the, the capacity to which you're allowed to. I mean, yeah. do, do you have some outdoor seating? I mean, yes, I don't yeah. know how much longer we're going to get away with outdoor seating, yeah, but right. what do you have? Um, so uh, w- we actually kind of took the, the chance when the COVID shutdown kind of first happened to kind of reorient our tasting room and kind of position our tables, you know, pr- appropriately. So we have, you know, a small amount of seating inside and we do have a patio section outside that will work for the time being. Um, we're mostly going to play it by ear and see how, how long we can get away with that, you know, uh, there's only so much place to put people inside, exactly, so right. we'll, and you we'll guys have a little bit of limited parking out front too. Oh yeah, yeah, with this parking for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Now we uh, coincidentally we are launching. Uh, we've done a collab with Monkey Nine, which mm-hmm. is where we're broadcasting from. We got a hi- hazy IPA, which we must have you try. <laughs> what what else do you have on your menu? Like, just kind of walk us through some of the some of the star beers on Raven's menu. Oh, I mean, th- there's the one that we won the big award for a few years back that we always kind of go back to, and that's our Corvus Lingonberry Lime Goza. Wow, um, that's, a, that's a sentence. <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, I love a good goza. Just that like super refreshing, mm-hmm. 
sour, fruity, a little bit salty, kind of just really nice. Um, and then uh, I, I'm, I'm really kind of focusing on lagers right now, actually, and, and not for everything, but um, we just put out our fest beer, which is obviously for the Oktoberfest kind of right. thing, and that's that's been doing really well for us. I've got a, uh, a, a Citra dry hopped rice lager coming out mm-hmm. soon, so that should be kind of really fun. It's so is that technically gluten-free then because it's a rice base? Uh, it's, it's, it's partially rice. Okay. Um, so it's, it's, it's still definitely um, uh, barley in there, and okay. then um, and then, uh, but there is a portion of rice to it that kind of just helps it kind of like ferment to that drier, you know, like crisper, crisper kind of, yeah. yeah, exactly, kind of thing. And so it's very pale and uh, nice and hoppy. It's pretty cool. Uh, where do people find Ravens Brewing, Mr. Marriott? All around the province. All um, around the province? Yeah, yeah. It's uh, 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 liquor stores all around and um, obviously our tasting room in Abbotsford, for sure. Do you want to give us the address? 2485 Town Line Road. It's, uh, it's worth a trip. And they make Definitely. some great beers. And uh, now, you can, you. now you can try some of your, your spirits as well. Yes. Um, Stay safe, and thanks for joining us on our 10th anniversary. Thank you, thank you. It is the 10th anniversary of Just Here for the Beer Radio, broadcasting from Monkey Nine Brewing in Richmond. Just Here for the Beer Radio is sponsored by Side Street Tattoo and artist Devin Stacey. If you can imagine it, Devin can create it. It's called body art for a reason, and whether it's something simple or a full sleeve or beyond, it can be done. And in this current environment we live in, it's done in a safe and sterile manner. Been thinking about getting your first tattoo, perhaps adding to an existing or recurring theme already underway? Talk to my friend Devin Stacey at Side Street Tattoo at 26 East Cordova in Gastown or online, sidestreettattoo.com. This is Just Here for the Beer Radio on TSN 1040 and your host, Joe Leary. Just Here for the Beer Radio is broadcasting on TSN 1040, tsn1040.ca, also at 103.5 FM HD2. Broadcasting from Monkey Nine Richmond or Monkey Nine Brewing in Richmond across from the Silver City Riverport on Entertainment Drive. Great happy hour here. Our brand new collab beer manufactured by Monkey Nine Brewing is, is called Chimpendales. <laughs> it is a hazy, hazy IPA, good and name. it's really, really good. And we're looking forward to it. So come, feel free to pop by, check out the Just Here for the Beer radio show collab called Chimpendales. We are 10 years in, and uh, in that 10 years, we've told the story many times, but in that 10 years, when we started, uh, 10 years ago this week, when we started the radio show, there were, I think, 52 breweries in British Columbia. Yes. The last number I've heard, and it may have changed. Something may have opened this morning that I'm not. I'm not aware <laughs> of. The last number I heard was like north of 200, probably about 210. Yep. So to look me. at that kind of growth in the industry, and here's one of those people that is relatively new to the party. It's Phil right. Servi from North Paw Brewing in Port Coquitlam, and even that area, what used to be trees, mm-hmm. has been has well, been clear farmland, and shopping yeah. malls have sprung up, and chain restaurants are there, All and Bruce yeah. is there. Phil, that's that's incredible. When when did Northpaw decide to? Um, were you scouting around for a while, seeing what was going on? Were you a beer nerd? What what pro- what promoted or prompted you and Courtney to say, "Hey, let's let's do something here"? Well, he kind of got the idea first, and he started doing all his research and looking at things. And he was into it. I was always into beer, but he was into the idea of actually opening up a brewery before I ever even thought of it. I'll be honest. And then once he started talking about it, it actually became something. Not an actual building or anything, but he was making beer. Um, And I just got talking to him more and more. And there's a bit of a a relationship, a family relationship that I have with Courtney. So uh, that just made sense. And after a while, I decided I want to get involved with this because it just seemed like a a fun idea. I've been in another couple of businesses over my my years, and that just seemed to make a lot of sense at the time. And no looking back now, we're in. So it's it's been great. 
so the old adage, how do you make a million dollars in beer? You spend two million. Is that, is that uh, what yeah, it? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, when you're when you're in a relatively new area, because when collectively the Tri Cities, just like when we talked about doing, we did a show in the Langley Loop, and there's a bigger area of Langley. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's not as if it's not. Everybody sort of looks at a at, at Brewers Row in right, Port Moody, yeah. where you can literally hop from one to the next. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't have that luxury so much, but it's amazing to see even the growth since mm-hmm. you guys have opened. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, just last year, Tin House opened up, literally a building away, and across the street from us is uh, Provincial Spirits, which is a hard liquor place, but it's amazing how many people tell us they do that little triangle. You know, it's literally you know, 100 meters apart each place, yeah. um, but that's not, there's more than that happening in, in Poco, too, and in Coquitlam Greater, so it's, uh, it's really going quickly, for sure. And Courtney Brown is your contact for us initially, because yes. you, you and him had, had a friendship. Through, through Phil's niece. Through Phil's niece. Uh, my, my cousin. Cousin, oh, sorry. Cousin. cousin. And yeah, I know it looks like a yeah, uncle. Well, we, <laughs> I think it was, if, if memory serves yeah. correct, uh, he had done a Jamaican IPA That's yeah. right. for some kind of festival. It was a for the, I believe it was Caribbean. a Caribbean, yeah, Caribbean festival. festival. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 And so obviously that had been ruminating in his mind for a while, wanting to get involved in beer. But I think what's what's really cool to see is that you know you know one might think well the market's covered we got we got enough breweries but they're still they're still growing yeah absolutely and you know unfortunately with COVID I think everybody's had to step back a little bit and re- reassess and reevaluate and rework their plan um, but you know with us we were able to have a patio yes uh, and Poco is one of the first uh, municipalities to extend that right into the next year so that certainly helped us our uh, a canned product has really sold well because of that too. You know, having not being able to sit into a lounge for a couple months there, we were able right. to can a lot more. So, as I said, we had to pivot quite a bit, like everybody did, I'd presume. But yeah, we were able to adapt and and, and grow. So it's it's uh, it's actually been a good uh, summer for us. We're talking with Phil Servi of Northpaw Brewing in Port Coquitlam, just here for the beer, our tenth anniversary show. You were capacity challenged well before COVID. Yeah. You know, even though the capacity to I polite way eyes, to say it, Mr. Leary. to our <laughs> eyes, it looked like your capacity was there would be no issue. But yeah. you got you sort of had one hand tied behind your back early on. Have you been able to sort of get to a point now where there's a comfortable amount of people in that room to make it feasible for you to be open? And are you able to keep them socially distant and do all those wonderful things? Yeah, I mean, I I had to rework the area a little bit as far as uh, literally send a map into the muni and all that stuff and be able to repurpose some of the area that like our loading area when it does get full, we can move tables or bring out tables and put it into that area, providing we keep everything distant, uh, you know, the social distancing happening and all that. So it is challenging, for sure. There's no two ways about it. But the patio, I mean, look at this October. And we still got this, right? You know, the beautiful sunshine. So that's going to help for sure. How much it's going to help during the winter, that's hard to know. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, we've really got a good agent now working for us in the lower mainland as far as uh, getting our beer into stores and that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. And the interior and on the island now. So that's all moving forward, too. So frankly, our biggest challenge is keeping up with producing the beer. Yeah. You, were, you were talking about expanding your territory in terms of getting product into other areas. Is that an, is that an easy game to play, or is it, is it difficult because there's so much stuff out there? I mean, we talk yeah. with Daryl Lamb at yeah. Legacy Liquor Store all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he can love the product, but has he got room to store it? Yeah. No, that's exactly it. The shelf space is what you're fighting for all the time. Um, you know, we have our... Um, sort of seasonal cream beers, which is our yes. raspberries and cream, our creamsicle and those kind of yeah. beers. And we get uh, coming up in November 1st, we have our cream, uh, Christmas cream. Those always seem to find uh, space on the shelves because they're very seasonal and they've got great 
logos and, and canning and all that sort of stuff. The regular stuff is a little more difficult just because there are so many. Uh, yeah. You know, you think of all the big ones out there, the parallel 49s. They're hard to knock off shelves. So. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so that, that is more difficult for sure. But uh, we've got uh, some great people working for us now, and it seems to be working out for sure. The last time I think we had Courtney on the show, and this is, this is going, I probably want to say maybe last summer or something like that, but you were doing a bottle program. Mm-hmm. And, and you had some really unique stuff in bottles for, I guess it was a beer club that you had uh, started out, out, of, out of North Point. Is that still in existence? Basically, yes. We don't do as much of that, um, but uh, we did that a lot for our an- first anniversary, too. We had uh, three different beers for our first anniversary and started a club so you get it ahead of time. And then when anything new comes out, um, we'll be doing that, too. Um, I haven't done one in a little while, um, but the uh, beer club members do get the fir- first shot at our, so whether it's raspberries and cream and that sort of stuff, just because those are so popular. Um, but with the bottled product, uh, we haven't done a lot of that recently, but we do plan on getting back into it. That's awesome. You, we, I actually had an opportunity to be up there for your anniversary party, and the place oh was yeah. just yeah. jamming. Yeah. yeah. You had the uh, barbecue going outside. Yeah. Great, great huge shop, patio that huge day. Huge patio back yeah. then, yeah. So yeah. with that in mind, uh, the patio that we sat on when we were out there not long yes. ago, um, is there plans? Is that just a temporary Yeah. Overflow. So you're no, no plans to winterize that or, or go that route? Uh, it's difficult because in the, the uh, strata wants us to remove it every night. So <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Uh. So, uh, you know, those, those are different issues than the city, right? The city right. says, yeah, yep. you can have yeah, it, yeah. but you have other issues to deal with also. Our goal is just to try to get it somewhere not in our parking area, mm-hmm. off to the side of the building. You know, it's obviously going to cost a little more money, take a little more time to develop, but that would be ideal. Um, again, it's more of a strat issue. The city seems to be on board, but we're going to be working on that over the next year. You know, and that's one of the interesting things. Like, we've seen a lot of cities kind of jump on board, and normally the, the wheels of government tend to, to grind, Yeah, yeah. right? You know, yeah. a little bit slowly, and then all of a sudden pandemic comes along, and all of a sudden everybody's like, okay, yeah. go for it, Yeah, right? Yeah, I did the drawing for our, our patio and our indoor seating. Yes. Two, two days later, yeah, you're good to go. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that never happens. <laughs> well, but it, we've talked about this before. It, it just goes to show that if governments want to act quickly, they Absolutely. can act quickly. For sure. And we yeah. don't know what the future holds, and we're hopeful that we'll continue yeah. continuing on, but uh, I wouldn't be surprised if there's going to be more restrictions thrown because this thing isn't going away. I, I hate to say it, but I don't disagree. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it, I think it is here to stay. Well, for I'm a hoping while. so that some of those restrictions are common sense restrictions, yeah, right? I think, and, and I think they come from sure. a good place. <laughs> maybe yeah. a little bit better thought through, and maybe a little bit more more industry mm-hmm. consultation. Yeah, absolutely. To see, like, okay, what are we doing right? What are we doing wrong? How yeah. can we how can we pivot again? Yeah, right. Exactly. Exactly. Move forward. Yeah, we need to continually move forward to figure out ways to deal with this. Because as you say, it's not going anywhere too soon anyways. No, it's not. And the, the, the encouraging thing, though, is that you know that if there is further quarantine, we've already seen it one time, people ain't stopping drinking beer and, and, and <laughs> take, doing takeout food. Yeah. So at least there's, there's some hope there. Yeah. Were, you, were you into the delivery system yeah. at all? You were? Yep. Yeah, we did that. Uh, Courtney and myself basically got our trucks and loaded them up every day and off we went. And uh, yeah, I mean, it was what you had to do, right? And I think the kind of nice thing about that, too, is you got to know your, your customer. Yeah. You got to see him face absolutely. to face, right? Yeah. Rather than yeah. them just walking into an LRS and, and that was that. So. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, the, the local community was actually quite generous. They, they seemed to come in to buy beer more often than before just because they felt they needed to help us out. And I'm not kidding. We and saw some people that we just didn't see as regularly, but we saw them more. And that's a you know? slight silver lining in a very dark yeah. cloud because mm-hmm. I guarantee if, if just one person 
that had never ever tried North Pop beer tried it you had you had one more customer and yeah, then absolutely. from there others flow so yeah. There, yeah. there is a little bit of glimmer of hope at least in that uh, where can people find uh, North Pop we're uh, well, lo- locally we're in a lot of the stores now yeah. not a ton of the government liquor stores mainly the ones around the, po- the Tri-City area but uh, all the other ones like Jack's um, we mentioned Legacy and mm-hmm. whatnot. On the island, we're, we're in Cascadia. Uh, in the interior, it's s- sort of hit and miss, but it's all over the place. Uh, they don't seem to have as the big a cha- biggest change there as they do around here, but we're up there quite a bit. Um, so, yeah, certainly at our, our uh, brewery, that's probably the, the best place to come and yeah. see, have the best selection. There, and that's for sure. tell us where the brewery is. It's basically in the Fremont area of uh, Poco, which is just behind the Walmart, just, I guess, north of Lougheed, just before the Pitt River Bridge. Just GPS it. Yep. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. Just, just uh, I still Google do. Maps. I still Google do it. <laughs> uh, Phil Servi, thank you very much for your continued support of us and uh, well, thank you. our continued support of you. We'll, uh, we'll continue again in 2021. You bet. Thanks, guys. Cheers. Cheers, brother. It is the 10th anniversary of Just Here for the Beer Radio, broadcasting on TSN 1040 from Monkey Nine Brewing in Richmond. Hey guys, Shane Meyer here, owner and operator of Good Lad Clothing in Lower Lawsdale, North Vancouver. Good Lad is Vancouver's only three-in-one shop where you can do some shopping, get a haircut or beard trim, and grab a coffee or drink in our cafe. We carry everything from apothecaries such as beard bombs and shave creams to Canadian-made brands such as Viberg Boots and Vancouver's own Reigning Champ. Everything in the shop is ethically sourced, meaning everything is either Canadian or American-made, and our coffee beans are literally roasted two blocks away. Check us out on social media at Good Lad Clothing or visit the website goodladclothing.com for a better look at what we do and our latest drops. You're listening to Just Here for the Beer Radio on TSN 1-800-BEER-RADIO-SHOW-ON-TSN-1040-TSN-1040.ca-ALSO-ON-THE-IHEART-RADIO-APP-AS-WE-BROADCAST-FROM-MONKEY-NINE-BREWING-ON-ENT
well-represented area of, uh, of small breweries. Yeah, we're right down in Brewery Creek. There's nine breweries and nine blocks there. Uh, you know, for me, uh, my partner and I, you know, we'd had a bar in Yaletown and uh, we'd gotten out of that project and we really just wanted to do something a little bit different and uh, found a location that really made sense for us and you know, we had an idea for what the vibe and the look and feel was going to be like and I think we've done a great job just kind of executing that. You, uh, and again, we were talking uh, with other people on the show this time around because of the fact that the industry has grown to a point, but it's still very collaborative. It's still very friendly. I mean, I know it might be a little bit more cutthroat on the, on the sales and getting your beer in a, on a tap handle somewhere, but, but certainly from the brewing perspective and the industry, it's still very much everybody works together. Absolutely. We're so fortunate to be where we are in Brewery Creek. All the breweries get together for uh, monthly meetings, and you know, if we need a bag of grain or... If someone needs to borrow our forklift, it's definitely an open-door policy, and that's really great that way. And, and I think we benefit just from, you know, all being so close together and people being able to just hit up multiple locations. And everyone does something a little bit different. You've mm-hmm. got really traditional places, you've got really clean places, and then places like us that do some funkier kind of stuff. Well, let's talk about that because I think I, sp- I spend a fair bit of time at, at Electric Bicycle, and uh, your imaging, your, your, your color scheme, it's a little out there, but it's pretty cool. Yeah, thanks. Uh, you know, for us, really just wanted to be authentic. We had a lot of time while we were waiting to rezone that building to uh, to just think about what was going to happen. You know, it's not like we went and hired a company to figure out what it was going to be called, what the logo was going to look like. We did it all internally. It's called Electric Bicycle Brewing because it was an electric bicycle factory. So I guess we're not that uh, creative. <laughs> Uh, and if you come in there, it has nothing to do with bikes, so that's a bit confusing. But it's definitely, you know, we've got R&B right next door, and they're great neighbors. And, you know, they've kind of got the dive bar-y thing happening in there. And then, you know, Brassneck, really kind of nice and traditional brewery feel, 33, nice and clean, faculty nice and clean. And for us, we wanted to focus on, you know, good beers, really experimental beers, and then, you know, lots of music, uh, fun environment. So definitely a little louder in aesthetic and then also in you know, music and service and everything else as well. Now, when we first met you, you were coming off, we were coming off of the 2010 Olympics. You were working for Big Beer back then. Yeah. When, 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 when we were going through all of that area, Elliot, did, did you see where we are today? Did you even see that on the horizon or as a possibility? I mean, when I worked, I worked for Molson Coors um, during the Olympics and they were great to me. Uh, they that company definitely saw what was coming up on the horizon they were looking oh, at wow. you know acquisitions and we've seen it happen with granville island and mill street and you know abi has been really aggressive uh picking up um some the, of those brands those yeah. type of things as well and i think you know we knew it was going to keep coming and building and i think you know you don't just see it in beer you see it in kind of bread and you know we've got purebreds right across mm-hmm. the street from us and you see it in small grocers and farmers markets i think people especially right now, just really want to know who's making the stuff they're consuming, where their money's going, and they want to support people in their community. So if you can be a good community partner, then, yeah, you're winning. You've got some temporary uh, capacity uh, additions that I don't know how temporary they're going to be because we're enjoying a pretty decent week of weather, but this is October, and things can turn. What's what's the plan for um, the next few months? Because we, we, there's so many unknowns, but what's, what's your short-term plan? Yeah, so right now we have two patios out on the um, outside of the building. So we have a street patio, and that can take uh, up to eight people, but, you know, a group of six or really three groups of two uh, socially distanced. 
And then we've got our street patio uh, that has four tables of up to five on it, um, all distance. And uh, you're right, it's been great with the weather. We're working um, with the city right now to get some permits on being able to put heaters and canopies on that. And we've already ordered all of the stuff that we need to keep the rain off. And now we just want to make sure everyone's warm. Mm -hmm. and the biggest thing for us is we want to make sure that our staff feel really safe um, mm -hmm. when they come into work. And then our patrons feel really safe when they come in to enjoy some beers. Uh, and then we want to make sure that they're comfortable as well. We definitely don't want to get into a scenario where we're cramming people back inside and you know people just aren't feeling comfortable being there. Our staff's not feeling comfortable being there. So it's our number one priority right now. And I think we've done a great job laying it out. And I'm really confident that we're going to be able to you know, provide a unique experience throughout the winter months. And everyone's going to be able to come down to the street, hang out outside, be nice and warm, and enjoy some beers. And you brought some beers today. What is that? Yeah, so this is the Wobbly Code. Um, this is actually being relaunched. This is probably the last four-pack we have <laughs> nice. right now. Nice. It just won a gold medal at the Canadian Beer Awards. Wow. Um, I think a lot of people know our brewery for uh, some out-there stuff. You know, we do yeah. a lot of fruited sours. We do some really big hazy IPAs. This is an alt beer, an amber lager, um, and it won a gold. Our lagers, our amber lager, our pale ale, uh, really kind of selling like hotcakes right now. So as much as people think that we're the crazy beer house, all the traditional stuff's doing really well. This is uh, canning again on Saturday, and we'll be out in market um, in BC and Alberta. Uh, it'll be a course queue for us. So people just really seem to like it. The uh, label was actually done at the beginning of COVID. We looked at you know what we could do to give back to the community. We work with a lot of different designers on all of our art. And so we did a, uh, a contest where you know we paid cash, recognition, and beer for any designer in Vancouver that could just do a new label for us. So um, this is Spencer Pigeon. You can find him on Instagram at Spencer Pigeon. Um, so he won the contest on this uh, label, cool. which is just going to go national for us now. Electric Bicycle is on East 4th Avenue in the Brewery Creek area. I uh, I like it. I like it a lot. I spend a lot of time there. Yeah, we like you down there, Joe. <laughs> and I encourage you to check it out if you have not already. Elliot McCurr, thank you, my friend. Continued uh, good health to you. And uh, thank you for being a guest on our 10th anniversary show. Thanks for having me. Congratulations. Right. Cheers. Thanks, Bill. Awesome. I'm Joe Leary. I love a good burger, and I found one that's a combination of In-N-Out Burger meets Shake Shack. It's called Mimi's Burgers, a pop-up burger joint out of Glitch at 2287 West Broadway, two blocks west of Arbutus. It's a simple menu with four burger options, Mimi's Classic, Mimi's Cheeseburger, the Beyond Meat Burger, and the double-sized Honey for the Hungry Burger Lover. Great burgers, Kennebec fries, and trust me, they are good. Check them out for yourself. Mimi's Burgers think Shake Shack meets In-N-Out Burger. They're at 2287 West Broadway. It's the real deal. Mimi'sBurgers.com. You're listening to Just Here for the Beer Radio on TSN 1040. Once again, here's your host, Joe Leary. Welcome back to the 10th anniversary two-hour spectacular of Just Here for the Beer Radio on TSN 1040, tsn1040.ca, also on the iHeartRadio app. I'm Joe Leary, along with Rick Mohabir, Just Here for the Beer Limited, where you can uh, log on and check, check out some earlier podcasts of the show. We do a variety of shows, by the way. And um, also, you can check us out on social media at JHFTB. Broadcasting from Monkey Nine in Richmond. Hey, look, we're poster boys. Look at that, <laughs> we're poster boys. It's our uh, cover boys. We, we cleaned it, up pretty good there, Mister Leary. It's our it's our tenth anniversary, and boy, all the stars have aligned here. Uh, Dave Smith from What's Brewing Magazine was kind enough to do a feature on on the history of just here for the beer. Uh, we're doing a collab beer with Monkey Nine Brewing called Chimpendales Hazy IPA. And we're recording the show on Canadian National Beer Day. It's just, <laughs> yeah. it's so bizarre. And this is the actual week 
of the 10th anniversary That's right. of Just Here for the Beer Radio. Dave, thanks for your cooperation, and uh, I know you go back with, uh, with Just Here for the Beer in the, in the early days with Colin Jack and Rick Mohabir. Yes, absolutely. Congratulations, guys. Thank you. Thank you. It's amazing. I'm so glad. I mean, both of you who were close friends with Colin, uh, I, am, I am very, very encouraged to see this program last so long. This is the first talk show about beer in Canada, and it's, it's lasted this long. That's amazing. Now, of course, the last decade, you guys can look back now because you're veterans. You can look back at the last 10 years in beer has been pretty amazing. The craft beer revolution really took off, especially we're Vancouver people. And as you guys know, we didn't have a big scene in Vancouver no, before uh, the past decade. Now we do. And you guys have been there every step of the way. Uh, the person that uh, you guys started out with, Colin, uh, he passed in 2011 after only three shows of what's here for the, of uh, just here for the beer radio. And, and that was tragic. Uh, the fact that uh, you, uh, Rick, Colin's best friend, uh, have kept this going, um, it, it really warms my heart. I, I'm really glad that you've done Thank this. You. And, uh, of course, it's not just to your benefit, it's to the benefit of the beer community in general. You've helped uh, an immense number of brewery businesses to get the word out in an economical manner. This is uh, quite the program when you think about it. There really hasn't been anyone else in Canada doing what you guys are doing. Well, Dave, you hit on something which I think is important because we didn't know, we didn't embark on a craft beer show. We just embarked on a beer show. It just so happened that I relied on Colin Jack because Colin was my beer access. I was his radio access. Those stars aligned. But the interesting thing is, is that if craft beer had started to rise and all of a sudden tanked or got kneecapped, we would have been kneecapped too. So we didn't know that we would, we would last as long as we did. And we did not go in with a game plan. We certainly didn't go in with no, a game plan didn't. of changing hosts not at three all. or four shows in. So, uh, But it's people like yourself as well. I mean, And you featured on this current issue, getting the word out. These are people that do what we do, get the word out about beer. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, there is a segue from the story about you into some of the other people that are doing that. And most of them are Instagrammers. They've been doing it, say, the past five years. But uh, you guys are far more senior to them. I mean, uh, kind of uh, piggybacking on what you said about getting kneecapped, we know that 2020 was a year yeah. where we could have seen the industry absolutely cave. Collapse, yeah. And uh, in, in the last you know show that I was on, we do it quarterly with the release of every magazine, uh, we, we had a talk about the effect of COVID, and it's been amazing that uh, the breweries have been able to survive. We have a lot of uh, coverage of that in the latest magazine. So the issue that's out now is fall 2020 and it covers as joe says both the uh, media and the the sort of let's say the super fans of craft beer that get the word out about beer and also the uh, purveyors of beer that have been surviving and some of them thriving during this era yeah. of covid where people need to buy the liquid to drink at home so yeah, it's an interesting time to be sure, and I, I do remember the occasion where you and I actually started talking about doing something on the radio show. You were did a cover story on the anniversary of Doan's Craft Brewing, and Doan's was my, Doan's was my <laughs> jam. <laughs> There's no question, Doan's yeah. was my jam. And uh, we had kind of said, hey, you know, let's uh, let's do something. Come on our show and uh, and and talk about the issues. And uh, your magazine has grown exponentially as well, so it's it's really cool to see. And I think what we've learned from the brewing industry is that together we can we can go somewhere together and do some, do some things. Yeah. So rather than be competitive and bash heads yeah. with each other, you're promoting beer, we're promoting beer, 
let's have some let's have some bloggers on the show to promote. Let's do it. I mean, it's all it's all helping the industry, and the industry is is pretty solvent right now. So I think that it's a it's a it's a collaborative effort, just like the brewers work collectively as well. Yeah, and I really thank you, Joe, for uh, you you were the one that held out the olive branch, saw me at Dones, and said, "Hey, you know, why don't we work together?" So you know, folks, uh, it's the good people at just here for the beer that that do nice things like that for the community. But, uh, you know, I, I really want to come back to your, your 10 years of doing this. And, Rick, it goes back even farther for you with Colin. You know, for sure. 15 and, and more years of be supporting the right. craft beer and beer community. And so thank you for everything you've done. I, I, for sure. I, I know the work that goes into it. And uh, a lot of those years are, are lean years. And I'm glad that you kept it well, up. Well, I mean, Dave, you were there from day one, right? You were there for, for some of the events, the big events that, that Colin and I put on, even some of the smaller events and, and as, as a volunteer before What's Brewing actually came along for you. So, yeah, you, you were there too, buddy. Yeah. Well, don't date me. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, again, thank you for the, uh, the spread uh, to coincide with our 10th anniversary. We appreciate your support, and uh, you know it's mutual. And we look forward to seeing you. When's, when's the next issue coming out? Let's deal with this first, but when, <laughs> yeah. when is the next issue coming so out? So the next one will be winter, and that comes out December 1st. Okay, well, that's when we'll see you next. Dave Smith, thank you so much, my friend. Cheers. Cheers. All right, cheers. Actually, a woman is more like a beer. They smell good. They look good. You'd step over your own mother just to get one. You're listening to Just Here for the Beer Radio on TSN 1040. Just Here for the Beer Radio is supported by Angry Otter Liquor. Liquor on 248, their flagship store on 248th Street and the Fraser Highway. Your premier liquor experience in the Fraser Valley. Liquor on 248th with over 10,000 square feet of shopping space and one of the largest walk-in beer coolers in B.C. Now on special, Fober's Folly Ride the Lightning Tall Can 4-Pack. Only twelve forty-nine. you save $3. Smuggler's Trail Captain Stone Lager 6-Pack for eleven eighty-nine. you save $2. Stella Artois 12-Pack for $27.29, save a buck and a half and get a free charcuterie board with purchase and Mike's Blue Freeze 355 milliliter six pack only $9.99 saving $3. These prices in effect through November 11th. Visit Liquor on 248th, 248th Street and Fraser Highway, the flagship store from Angry Otter Liquor. This is Just Here for the Beer Radio on TSN 1040 and your host, Joe Leary. Special two-hour 10th anniversary edition of Just Here for the Beer Radio. Yeah, we've made the decade. We've made a decade. We've survived. Broadcasting on TSN 1040, tsn1040.ca, also on the iHeartRadio app. And we're broadcasting from Monkey Nine Brewing in Richmond. Monkey Nine Brewing across from the Silver City Riverport. And uh, great happy hour here. Really good room. There's bowling. How many Monday bars? night football, Monday night wings, football. happy yeah. hour. It's business as kind of new COVID normal, as we can say. <laughs> yeah. Hey, it's Leanne from Bravo yes. Beer Co. Leanne, 10th anniversary show. When did, we, when did we first connect with Bravo Beer? It's going back some years now. Oh, yeah, when uh, Just Here for the Beer just uh, started. Way Leanne was one, one, one of, the, of our very One of the OGs. First, yeah, one of the OGs, yeah. the original gangsters. Yeah. <laughs> and... Uh, because again, I'm the the mind is foggy from too many beers, too many years kind of thing. <laughs> but I was just trying to place the uh, you would have come to the old studio and we did the live show. Yes, the live show uh, and on video. It, it was it was live streamed as well, and uh, it was kind of weird because we had a hard hour. Like when we do the show now, we record the show so we can you know Edit linger and, and chat and have a sip here and there. But when we were doing a show that was the hard hour. 
Uh, you we were literally, in. you, bang, you bang, have to get bang, out of the bang, chair bang. because someone else is coming in because we're live on the radio. But this is now more chill, isn't it? Yes, it is. Yeah. And uh, happy, happy anniversary Thank to you. you. Thank you. Thank uh, you. Yeah, yeah I, I remember those video ones very well. They were absolutely terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> they kind of snuck up on you. We don't, we didn't warn people about that. We just presumed they would assume it, and people go, "Well, it's radio. No one sees radio." But um, I, you know, we appreciate and value people like yourself, Leanne, because when we started this thing out. It was just, we were just flying by the seat of our pants. We, you know, we just thought we'd just have some fun, bring beer, maybe get some food, mm-hmm. do a show. Where it goes, we don't know. But it takes people to come along and, and support us as sponsors in order to justify it. So a big thank you to you and for your support through the decade. Oh, well, thank you guys for doing such a great job uh, promoting all the wonderful beers in the province. From all over the world. From all over the world. We all over the world. And this is why we bring in Bravo Beer Co. Because you're known for the, the beautiful Belgian beers. That you've introduced us to some that are just, I mean, unbelievably good. But for those that aren't familiar with the Belgian style of brewing, maybe you could give us a little uh, history masterclass on it. <laughs> uh, the Belgians have been brewing uh, three, four hundred year old breweries. Um, they have some very distinct styles, uh, just their own, especially the lambic styles. And uh, of course, the saisons um, they're famous for, as are the wheat, wit beers. Um, they, all the breweries have a lot of tradition to them. The one w- that we're tasting today, the Satan Black, is from Brewery de Bloc. The, they've have had the brewing rights since the 14th century. Wow. So, yeah, that's a little bit of history behind them. The, this particular um, brewer, brewing session for them uh, just commenced in the late 1800s, so... Well, the new kids on the block. There. New kids on <laughs> <Yeah>. the block. <laughs> rookies, <laughs> rookies. Yeah. They've had the brewing right since the 14th century, <laughs> but have only really ramped it up uh, since the late 1800s. And one of the interesting things about it, you're going to get a wide range of flavors. Some of them are a little bit more high octane than others. Like, for oh, example, yeah. we've got an uh, 8% beer in front of us. Dark, rich flavors. You know, some really interesting styles. Really good, great fruit. Right, whether it's you know the peach which you you've brought into us before, but this one in front of us is pretty tasty. Yeah, it is. So I figured we'd uh, do Halloween uh, today, and so we're doing Satan Black. There's uh, in the BC market. There's also Satan Red and Satan Gold, but we're doing the black today. It's seven percent, eight percent alcohol. Eight percent. Yeah, and uh, it's a, a Belgian double. They call it. Um, it's just delicious, all nice and chocolatey and uh, uh, coffee. So the uh, it goes really well with all the Halloween chocolate you're going <laughs> to accumulate. <laughs> Maybe well, not as much this year. You well, know, you, you know, know what? Some people are saying that we should be able to do Halloween like we normally do. Maybe not quite as clustered with all the kids together, but I'm sure we'll figure a way out. I'm putting a, a bucket outside with a self-serve. arrow saying treats. Yeah, and self-serve, yeah. <laughs> self-serve, yeah, yeah. yeah you bet. So, uh, you've brought us some, some great beers over the years. And I remember, the, I think it was, there was a, a peach-flavored beer that we that you brought. I think there was, was there a strawberry or a red? Mm-hmm. Or, yeah. I mean, those are beers that, I mean, these are almost too good to be booze. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I mean that respectfully to the industry, but they, they just don't even taste like it. They're just, it's a whole different flavor profile, and that's probably because of the, the Belgian style of brewing. Yeah, these are all live beers, so secondary fermentation in the bottle, um, as were the, the peach and the uh, pear and apple. They are all live as well. So uh, that gives it a little bit more complexity. It keeps sure. it um, it keeps it effervescing, so they age really well. Uh, these dark ones, the, they'll cellar for years. Mm-hmm. 
So you, it's not like so some, something that you just uh, have to drink immediately. Immediately. So, Joe, the, the, some of these you can actually collect and, and keep over the years and cellar them, you know, someplace cool and dark. And, and like some wines, right, you'll, you'll be able to get a different flavor from what you would see now to maybe a year from now when after that secondary fermentation but when, place. when you say cellar and dark i mean my 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 fridge is is cold storage and is dark when the door is closed is that does that <laughs> you, work you could do the harry potter <laughs> underneath the stairs thing yeah um yeah. so that you're not taking up all that valuable space in your in your bachelor fridge <laughs> but no you're right you can do some in, if you've got room in your fridge or you can put them away and as long as it's cool and dark uh, where, where you're keeping them, they'll they'll keep for a while. But I was told, and, and you probably would know more than I, Leanne, on this, but the reason wine bottles are, are at slanted is because that wine settles better that way. When you're cellaring beer, can, are you cellaring them upright? Does it matter if they're on their side? I believe that they should be upright so that um, any leaves in the bottom uh, stay in the bottom instead of creeping up the side. Um, I'm not 100% on that. You know what? Um, Again, depending on whether it's a, a steel cork or a regular uh, natural cork, most people will, will leave them upright. And just in case, because there have been occasions, and you can attest to this, especially with a live beer where there's live yeast in there, some of those can pop on you, right? So there could be some extra um, extra CO2 and, and, and uh, effervescence so in there. So this you could lose a lid. So <laughs> This is what amazes me. Ten years in, you think I wouldn't have to ask this question, but I, I thought that yeast was no longer live once it's, once it's produced. It, it's still a living thing. It's still a living thing, and in certain beers, like your Belgians, right. there will be secondary fermentation. So they will leave a little bit of live yeast gotcha. in the bottle. So that's what we call bottle condition. So there's some extra stuff going on. So that way... And I think you, you can agree with me here. Like sometimes from year to year, those flavors won't be a hundred percent exactly dead on. Yeah, There's ex- going to be some variation to it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so, the, and then the other thing too is is the live yeast that they use with the open air um, fermentation tanks and 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 being able to do those. So with the Belgian beers, it's a very different style than what we, as typical craft beer drinkers, that we're used to getting from some of our local guys, because there's very specific ingredients and very specific procedures that go into creating these beers. So, and Leanne, because of the nature of these beers, they're probably not as easily accessible um, as some others would be. Where can people generally find the, the beers in the Bravo lineup? Um, usually it's in, in a upscale beer store um, that carries a vast assortment of all alcoholic products. Um, so, so probably legacy. Legacy. Um, so if they've got if they've got a stack of Budweiser in the window, <laughs> they probably won't have the Bravo beer lineup. Is that what you're saying? Uh, good possibility. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you've never done us wrong, and uh, as you know, I'm on a beer fast until the November first of first. November. Will be one year without me having a sip of beer. I don't even drink a, a dealkalized be- beer because I'm still technically drinking beer. So I am dying to jump into this, and you've never disappointed us. And uh, we thank you so much for your patronage uh, over the decade. And we look forward to seeing your smiling face again in 2021. Oh, well, thank you very much. And again, happy anniversary. Thank you so much. Cheers. It is the 10th anniversary of Just Here for the Beer Radio as we broadcast from Monkey Nine Brewing in Richmond.
Just Here for the Beer Radio is sponsored by Side Street Tattoo and artist Devin Stacy. If you can imagine it, Devin can create it. It's called body art for a reason, and whether it's something simple or a full sleeve or beyond, it can be done. And in this current environment we live in, it's done in a safe and sterile manner. Been thinking about getting your first tattoo, perhaps adding to an existing or recurring theme already underway? Talk to my friend Devin Stacy at Side Street Tattoo at 26 East Cordova in Gastown or online, sidestreettattoo.com. You're listening to Just Here for the Beer Radio on TSN 1040. Once again, here's your host, Joe Leary. Welcome back to Just Here for the Beer Radio, the special deluxe two-hour 10th anniversary edition. Yes. yes, yes, yes. Broadcasting from Monkey Nine on Entertainment Boulevard across from the Silver City Riverport in Richmond. And look who has dropped by. Longtime friend of the show, yes. f- former employee of the show, Mr. Corey Basso, the voice of the Vancouver Whitecaps on TSN 1040. It wouldn't be a 10th anniversary celebration without acknowledging your work on the show. And I'm just trying to recall, because I know you and I have worked together in the halls of TSN, but I'm trying to recall when you connected with the show, and I think it was just you had a love for beer. Is that correct? I don't know if what we could, <laughs> what we do, Joe, is classified as work, but yes, it, it came through a love of beers. And I was a young, fresh-faced uh, BCI tier that was just trying to get in, uh, trying to get into people's eyesight, trying to get foot in doors. And uh, you noticed a fresh-faced youngster, Joe Leary. You you noticed talent. You just have a keen eye for it. And you said, uh, "How would you like to saddle up here?" And I said, "Absolutely." And I, I believe I was your guys's. I worked the video in the original show back at the old station. Yep, yep. Uh, me and Art Factora were kind of the the Shout wheels out of steel. We were the, the wheels of steel there, and that's kind of how it all started. Then Barley Pop Professor, and the rest is history. And it's, but you also stemmed from a, f- a love of beer. Oh, absolutely. And probably the love of free beer was even better. That helps. Well, I, I mean, <laughs> I think that hooked you, right? That was the bait. I mean, yeah. I mean, you're, you're doing a show, you're talking yeah. about beer, and it's, it's fun. You're, you're, and you're, you're expanding your palate. I can't tell you how much just the love of beer has done for my, my food, what I eat, what I cook, um, how I view different things when I go to look at menus at restaurants. Like, it's actually done more for me than, hey, guys let's just sit down and drink beers and yeah, exactly. laugh with each other it's more than that and it and it helped my career and it helped it helped my my palate as i said it it certainly is a good networking thing as well because i got into the industry um doing some sales with sam Payne over at, at parkside brewing as well so it's it's a great networking tool and i can't say enough about the craft beer industry and, and this show in particular so he's gone from uh, a board operator producer <laughs> to a board operator producer for just here for the beer to a sales rep for parkside brewing the Parkside Brewery, and uh, now he's the voice of the Vancouver Whitecaps, and a very excitable voice, I might <laughs> add. Where do you get that energy from, Basso? It's incredible. It's all raw, man. It's all raw, and it's all love and passion and emotion for what I do, man. I don't, I don't go out to, to half-ass anything. I go out to do it 100%, and I'm sure you guys know working with me that yeah. I try and have the most fun that I do when I work. Of course. But it's all about the, the business at the end of the day, too. So, um, yeah, I just like having fun. I love soccer. I love beer. I love chatting. I love, I love just being in good You're company. You're a sociable dude. Sure. I love being in good company, and you guys help as well. So it's, it's a little bit of everything there, Joe, for sure. Well, it's funny to contrast the two because we've worked with three different producers in the 10 years. We worked with Art Factora. Uh, we worked with Corey Basso. And uh, we worked with the very Mr. chill Justin Kwan. relaxed. And what a contrast in personalities <laughs> between those two. <laughs> Almost spectrum, just, right? Justin will never, will never say anything to us. And you, when you were producing the show, we're on location. If we're running a little late, you're giving me the dagger eyes. Like, let's get this done now. <laughs> I'm getting the finger roll. Come on, come yeah. on, come on. Yeah. Like I said, Joe, I'm a businessman. And yeah. you, guys, yeah. you, you guys have thick was, skin, though. I know you guys can take it. I wouldn't do it otherwise. It and was always done with love. love. It was always out of love, absolutely. And um, everybody can't be saying, hey, it's, it's the Justin Kwans of the world that keep us all on track. So yeah, he's, no kidding. He's silently going about his business as well. So kudos to Justin. He's done a great job as well. Well, it wanted to uh, have you down, have a piece of our uh, beautiful anniversary Ooh, uh, cake. cake. And by the 
way, we yes. got to give a shout out to this. This is some work of art. Oh, it, it's amazing. She told me three pounds of butter. No Crisco, real butter in there. Okay, and it's courtesy of Cindy's Treats, specializing in theme cakes for all events and ages, platters for all occasions, including Christmas and parties. Check her out on Facebook for all your baking needs, Cindy's Treats, and it looks spectacular. Uh, Continued success to you, Mr. Basso. Let's hope the Whitecaps go somewhere and uh, do some good things, and uh, let's hope you stay a part of it and always have a a place for you here if you want to do some more beer stuff. Gentlemen, here's to 10 years. Congratulations. Thank you. Cheers. You're listening to Just Here for the Beer Radio on TSN 1040. Welcome back to the special 10th anniversary edition of Just Here for the Beer Radio on TSN 1040, tsn1040.ca, also at 103.5 FM, HD2. Broadcasting from Monkey Nine Richmond or Monkey Nine Brewing in Richmond, where, where our new collab beer, the Chimpendales That's Hazy right. IPA, is on tap. Come and check it out. Um, also, check us out on social media at JHFTB on Twitter and Instagram. Rick, uh, the one thing I've learned in radio because we have to we have to purchase the airtime from a radio station and TSN 1040 in this case. And the one thing I learned years ago, and I heard this term, is that you need a champion. You need a champion <laughs> in there because oh, they can sure. they can work some deals for you or help make something be smooth if it's rough. And I don't think there's a better champion than this man here, Mr. Daryl Bray. I'm going to applaud that one. <laughs> the account executive of TSN 1040 and Bell Media. Uh, Daryl, I've told you this before, and I'm, now I'll share it publicly. I, this show has grown tremendously uh, under your involvement with it. We bounced around, as you know, we were on two different frequencies, nothing against those, nope. but we didn't have the champion that we kind of needed, and you have championed this thing to where we are now. And even then, we only go back with you maybe two and a half, three years. I think it's a little bit longer. A little, a little bit longer. longer. Okay. A little bit longer. Okay. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, th- three great years, I have to say, and it's, it's been, been amazing I'm to see yeah. the growth of the yeah. show, and I- I'm as excited about it as you guys are, and of course... Happy anniversary. Thank you. Ten years. I mean, that's amazing. Incredible. I hope you're going to stick for a slice of cake from Cindy's Treats. Where is Cindy's Treats, by the way? So Cindy's Treats is based here in Richmond. She's a little home operation, but uh, it's a little grandma that uh, is doing a little something to put some change in her pocket. But holy crap, when you guys see this (laughs) cake, when we put this up on social media, you're just going to love it. Well, as I said, the show has grown uh, over the years to begin with, but it's really taken a huge spike up since we associated with TSN 1040 because, again, I I think it's a natural fit. Uh, you know, and when we uh, interact with uh, Donnie and the Moj, uh, and the feedback that results from that can often get derailed very easily, as Donnie and the Moj can get derailed very easily. <laughs> but um, it's really cool, and I'm, I'm so appreciative of all that you've done to make this show what it is today. Yeah, no, I, I thank you for saying that. And I think I recognized really early on, Joe, working with you guys, that we're really like all the clients for, for the station, is that if they're successful then we're successful. And really the only way we're going to be successful is if you guys are successful with your show and with driving business and and revenue that's associated with it. And um, 
And, and I, I love the Donnie and Moj hits that you do with them. I hope they have something special planned for you this Friday because of the anniversary. But I also know that Halford and Bruff are still a little bit bitter. Yeah. Oh. There, there was a lot of, Rick, there was a lot of uh, oh, product yeah. That, yeah. that was working their way to those guys. Oh, and, and for they're sure. kind of on the outside looking in. But, uh, no, it's, it's been a great run, and I've really enjoyed working with you guys and I hope there's another 10 years coming because I've already budgeted for it so just so you know we ain't going away Uh, I must ask you because you're the first person representing the the brand that's been on since the uh, quarantine period Um, that must have been a challenge for the guys to run a sports radio station when there's no sports Uh, honestly that what the TSN host did through that stretch and continue to do was like a revelation that they could continue to put out quality, entertaining programming day after day after day, week after week, with really no live games to report on was, I mean, it was a testament to their skill set and their ability and their understanding that radio and especially sports radio is about entertaining guys 2554. It's not about the minutiae of the sports and the, and the stats and things like that. I mean, we do that very well as, as well. But, uh, I mean, Donnie and Moj, they're the best at it um, for just pure entertainment. The show goes off the rails so much. That's kind of what it's more mm-hmm. about. It, it, and, Especially uh, when Dollywall is involved. Well, <laughs> another <laughs> unique character <laughs> as well. Um, but but it, it, it is great to have the content back yeah. um, to use as kind of a, a, a base to draw storylines from. But, uh, no, it was pretty pretty impressive stretch. And I listened a lot because, of course, I'm working from home all the time, so I've got TSN streaming it day after day, hearing pretty much everything that's coming out across, and it's been really solid. Well, I remember someone told me, though I wasn't working the morning of 9-11, I was watching it at home, but someone told me that on the morning of 9-11, every radio station's format went out the window. It was all about what's going on in the world, and this is is going on in the world, and and it was really so cool to see, and even today, to this day, where where Matt Sikaris plays the Dr. Bonnie updates and things like that, because it's it's around, and it's going to be around for a while, and I know it's affected me because I get all this wonderful product that I can't take into the radio station, and that's... (laughs) Halford and Bruff would be really upset if if we're still doing the (laughs) hits. Yeah. I think just maybe like a care package every now and left I think at security or reception is I probably appropriate. I think I will do. But it's definitely been a unique set of circumstances. And actually, Bell Media, and understandably so, I think they're one of the companies that's probably a little bit more... Um, they're very, very careful about people coming in and out, and, and understandably so. If one of our guys gets sick, it's not like, unlike any, a sports team, mm-hmm. that if, if a keep... Yeah cog in the wheel yep. get sick one they're gone and then potentially infecting uh, others and and it could really spiral sure so I, I appreciate what they're doing but it's been an interesting set of uh, six months it has and it's been an interesting run with TSN 1040 and again thank you for all your support because you are you are our champion and uh, we'll continue to be and um, we'll continue to throw some beers your way too wonderful so. great thanks. to see you guys Daryl O'Brien thanks for having me 1040 thanks guys cheers I'm Joe Leary. I love a good burger, and I found one that's a combination of In-N-Out Burger meets Shake Shack. It's called Mimi's Burgers, a pop-up burger joint out of Glitch at 2287 West Broadway, two blocks west of Arbutus. It's a simple menu with four burger options, Mimi's Classic, Mimi's Cheeseburger, the Beyond Meat Burger, and the double-sized Honey for the Hungry Burger Lover. Great burgers, Kennebec fries, and trust me, they are good. Check them out for yourself. Mimi's Burgers, think Shake Shack meets In-N-Out Burger. They're at 2287 West Broadway. It's the real deal. Mimi'sBurgers.com. This is Just Here for the Beer Radio on TSN 1040. And your host, Joe Leary. It is Just Here for the Beer Radio. 
the 10th anniversary edition. Sounds so weird to say that. Broadcasting on TSN 1040, tsn1040.ca, also at 103.5 FM HD2. Joe Leary along with Rick Mohabir from Just Here for the Beer Limited at JHFTB is how you find us on Twitter and Instagram. And uh, we're broadcasting from Monkey Nine Brewing on across from the Silver City Riverport in Richmond. Ten years in, and we've brought some of our old friends to this program, and uh, one of our early believers and early one supporters. Of the and we all are bonded by our friend, the late Colin Jack, uh, Mr. Sam Payne. Sam Payne, yeah. he's all park sided up. Can you get more park sided right now? <laughs> park side <laughs> shoes, or you got park side tap handle? You got to get this. You is gotta actually get a pretty baseball good for me. jersey. <laughs> this is actually pretty good for me. I just have one item on. Well, that you can see, at least. Uh, you might have sensed that I refer to the fact that he's the, what, super vice president of, what's your title you call uh, yourself? I make my own cards, <laughs> and on that card it says co-executive super president. <laughs> co-executive super president of the Parkside on Brewer's Row in Port Moody. And Sam, we knew you win. You were a, you were with Red Truck, and then you got your own thing going. And, you're, you know, you're one of the w- most well-connected people in business, but I don't think I've asked you if, if I have. I haven't asked you this in years. But what was it like, w- even back then when you started, say, with with Red Truck? What was the what was the the craft beer scene like? Was it was it a tough? Go- I know the Vancouver Canadians were their first ever customer, but <laughs> what, what was it like trying to get what, trying to get convinced bar owners to we're taking them down memory lane? Yeah, yeah, that was an uphill battle, and um, I mean, we're talking two thousand three, two thousand four at that point. So I mean, you know, my first my first gig, I, I just walked around door to door with little mini cakes. Like ice cold mini kegs that I drive around with, and then uh, you know I knock on a door and be like, "Hey, do you want to try a beer?" I'm Sam from the Red Truck Beer Company at that point, and um, yeah, I don't know. Some people swore, and some people said yes, and some people said no, and um, but yeah, the swearing. I remember the <laughs> swearing, and uh, yeah, I mean it was uh, it was a different world then. I mean, there's a lot more breweries and a lot better beer in the world uh, these days. So I don't know if it's harder or easier, but it's it, it's different for sure. Could you have foreseen? A scene where when we start, you started in '03. I didn't realize you go by that far. And then just here for the beer started in '05. <laughs> yeah. So and, and well, I think it was Colin that walked yeah. in. My, my mom had a flower shop up on uh, up in Point Grey, and I was going to UBC, and I would I, the the '46 Dodge Power Wagon was my A to B at that point, and uh, I'd park in the back of my mom's flower <laughs> shop, and Colin Jack walked in one day and said, "Hey, somebody tell me about this vehicle," and uh, that's when I met Colin. That's when I met Rick. Zaven uh, as well, and um, yeah, I mean, and then the the big stadium, the big stadium events were going on then as well. So, yeah, and then we started the show in October, actually ten years ago this week. Uh, awesome. It was it was a live show at the time, and we were at I think fifty two was the number of breweries in the province, and then you know we're over north of two hundred now. And then, um, but could you have foreseen back in those early days when you're getting sworn at, could you have foreseen that one day, you know, people are going to be accepting of this product and I'm going to have my own brewery one day? I, I think at that point I was a little internalized on what I, w- I was trying to do at that point. But, um, but I also had the, you know, the notion, that, at least the, the epiphany that there wasn't a lot, there wasn't enough in the market. And, you know, I always said compared to sort of the wine, the wine world in, in BC specifically, but everywhere, it's like you go to the nicest restaurant and the wine list is, is uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It's eight um, pages long. Yeah, well, it's, it's vast, right? But I mean, it's, a, it's, it's, it's cultured, it's, uh, what's the word? It's um, curated, right? So they, you know, they spend a bunch of time curating a wine list to go with all the food. And then the beer would be like some sort of macro domestic. And that would be the option. I'm like, well, how... There's clearly something missing there. Mm-hmm. Like that, that's that's clear as day that there's something missing there. You can't have 
400 a, a very expensive things that go perfectly with this steak, but only light beer does. Mm-hmm. Right? So, you know, I, I, did, I did definitely realize that. But, um, yeah. You know, the thing is... You also don't see that very much anymore. No, you now don't. Now you actually no, see you beer lists. That are curated. <coughs> Correct. <laughs> curated. Beer lists. Thank you. So, the one thing that we've learned, and I've certainly gotten to know over the years, and I've had people ask me, because, you know, I'm a, I like to go to a variety of places to enjoy my libation. And um, if, I, if I talk to somebody that wants to get their, their product on tap somewhere, I used to always use higher champagne because it, it's, <laughs> no, it's, it's all about relationships. You would have to agree. And you have fostered so many outstanding relationships that to me, it would be a given that when you decide to do your own thing, voila, you're going to get a lot of accounts. Well, thanks, Joe. That, that's kind of you. And I mean, you know, I was just looked at it like, you know, it's an integrity thing and it's an honesty thing. If you're actually out trying to make friends with people and actually trying to get to know them, then you've got a chance of getting to know them. And if you get to know them, well, then maybe they'll sell your beer, right? I mean, uh, you know, in this world and just like any sales world, you know, X amount of people are going to walk in and try to sell you something, mm-hmm. right? So, you know, I'm most of the time, I'm not going to try to sell anybody anything because there's not that much of it to sell anyway. Right, so either you're either on the level and you want to support craft beer, or you're not. And um, yeah, you know, I like people. People seem to like me, so that's about it. Was the Parkside an immediate success when you opened your doors? Interesting question. Um, the Parkside Brewery, I mean, was set up pretty well with Vern, um, in the sense that uh, you know we knew that the beer was going to be good, and, and I quite liked the branding and all that at the start. The thing that I missed at the start was. I went around to a ton of liquor stores and got it in a number of places. And the old relationships that I had that you spoke about in, in sort of bars and restaurants, they, they brought in kegs right away, and that was great. The de- first day we had kegs, I, I took Bertha, the delivery vehicle, and delivered 27 kegs on the first day. So that was a nice feeling, and you know, I knew we were going to be supported that way. And getting it into the liquor stores, I felt pretty good about myself. I mean, we, we were in 300 and something stores right away, and then I realized nobody knew anything about us. And I realize it's two points of sales. You get it into the liquor store, and then you actually have to get somebody to take it off the shelves and buy it from the liquor store. So there was quite a bit of work to do at that point um, that I hadn't really registered. I thought it was just about getting it into all the stores and then um, quite a bit of work and hustle and and uh, time and um, you know it's gone it's gone well since that epiphany yeah but then that was a little bit of brand building that you didn't really have to do with with red truck when you were there because that was a bit of an established an established brand so here you are almost starting from scratch again well red Red truck was red truck was certainly scratch when i when i started there i mean um you know I, i sold just kegs of beer for about eight years and then and then it went into bottles so Having the bottle sales go when I was at Red Truck, that was that was kind of an established brand, and mm-hmm. that was like, oh yeah, we've been drinking this at every bar and kits for X amount of years, and that kind of thing. Of course, we'll take it in the liquor store or Parkside. I mean, people knew Vern and people knew me, and that and that was uh, a good head start, and the branding was quite good. So that w- that was a great head start. Um, we didn't have to start from scratch like a lot of people do that way because we had the relationships, right? So, um, but yeah, it wasn't. Uh, it wasn't automatic. <laughs> yeah. He is Champagne, the co-executive super president of, of the Parkside <laughs> Brewery on Murray Street on Brewers Row in Port Moody. How did uh, how did COVID hit Brewers Row? What uh, wh- how how easy was it to pivot? Uh, easy, I don't know if that's the right word, but um, I mean we all did, and I mean like a lot of breweries, uh, specifically breweries with canning lines. I mean the liquor stores got busy, and uh, we got to keep all our full time staff on board. And we felt extremely grateful about that. And then, you know, the, the pivoting was sort of our rules, right? I went from sales director to home delivery guy. 
Co-executive and super sales director? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, <laughs> and then to, to home delivery guy. And, and then, you know, we all found, you know, our social media director went to home delivery guy and went to, you know, Canon guy. And, and, you know, everybody just sort of stepped up and did what we had to do while trying to keep it all safe and while trying to keep it all distanced. And, um, yeah, we got to keep, again, all the full-time staff got to stay employed. And then uh, when, when you know, everybody opened up again, uh, everybody came back. So it was really nice. So how did uh, the safety, or the the extra measures, I guess, the extra capacity allowance, like, do you, I haven't been there for a while, but you had a good little patio front at, to begin with. Your tasting room is relatively sizable. Uh, are you planning for the winter to, to do anything to accommodate? So when we opened, we had, uh, sorry, when we reopened, um, you know, post-COVID, pre-mid-COVID, I guess, mm-hmm. I don't know how to say yeah. it, but yeah, when we, when we reopened again, we went from 210 total seats, so about 110 outside 100 and 100 inside, uh, to 24 inside and about 36 outside. And, uh, and that's only if the right amount of seats, uh, butts show up for the right amount of seats, that kind of thing. So, you know, you're running around 50 people, which would have been 25% of the capacity. What we just did is we spent a, a good chunk of money and built a covered patio on the side of the brewery that uh, will make it a predictable 34 seats. And again, number of bus, number of seats, that kind of thing. So, and then we reconfigured the inside. And again, all with staff safety and customer uh, mm-hmm. comfort and safety in mind. But we've got about a predictable 70 seats now on the most biblical rainy day. We've got 70 <laughs> seats that are covered. Noah's Arkish kind of day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, we've got 70 <laughs> seats that are covered and predictable. And then, uh, you know, and then the front patio is still 36. So if the weather's decent, then, we've, then, then we're up around 50% of our old capacity and uh, with quadruple the staff. Um, but, you know, it's something, not nothing. Uh, good to see you, Sam. Uh, it's, it's been great to know you over the years, and let's continue to see you down the road and uh, stay safe at the Parkside. Thanks so much, guys. Thanks for what you're doing for beer as well. Appreciate you guys. Cheers. Cheers. Well, that is a wrap for our 10th anniversary celebration of Just Here for the Beer Radio. Hard to believe, Mr. Mohabir, that uh, this project began this week, 10 years ago. Yes. And it so happens we're recording the show on Canadian National Beer Day. <laughs> and we're doing <laughs> yeah. a collaborative beer with Just Here for the Beer Radio called Chimpendales with Monkey Nine Brewing, of which we're broadcasting from. It's only appropriate, as we do on the anniversary of every episode of uh, Just Here for the Beer, we acknowledge where the show began. As we talked at the beginning of the show, myself and your late partner, <coughs> Colin Jack, were doing Just Here for the Beer events and yes. doing them well. And the precursors of what became beer festivals. Colin and I met up, we formed a bond, he had beer, I had radio, we thought, let's, let's sort of do something together. You had been talking about doing something yourself <coughs> in that respect. Yeah. And on this, the 10th occasion of the launch of Just Here for the Beer Radio, we felt it appropriate that we bring Colin's kin. We've got Aretha, <laughs> Col- Aretha Jack, who is Colin's sister, and Mosley Jack, uh, the father of a wonderful man. What do you think Colin would be thinking today about this little radio show we started 10 years ago? What do you think? Aretha? (laughs) (laughs) Mosley? Open question. I I would say that uh, he'd be very proud um, to see how things have evolved. Uh, Same with the the overall beer industry. Um, And yeah, he would totally be right here with you guys. And Colin was a pretty unique gentleman, wasn't he, Mosley? In many ways, he was. And I would say that um, he had a lot of ideas. And when he started this beer tasting thing, you know, both his mother and I were 
a little bit concerned, <laughs> but we had we didn't have any doubts. We thought this guy really is motivated to do things, you know, differently. And when he said, "Well, we are doing this stuff at UBC," and he started the beer tasting, we just thought we, we wished him luck. I mean, mm-hmm. I actually sat around with Rick and Byron and Colin and. We were te- sampling beers, and after seven of them, I said, well, I can't tell the difference. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, Aretha, I met you early in the journey because you would be at the, the beer events where Colin was and, and Rick was. Um, he was a pretty unique cat, wasn't he? Oh, yeah. Just a gentle bear of a man. Oh, yeah. And I just can't describe it any better than that. I think a lot of people um, would... He just had this twinkle in his eye, and he was welcoming... He loved people. He loved talking to people. He loved getting to know people. Uh, people loved to get to know him. And just a big, gentle giant. Yeah. Um, and as my dad said, when he became passionate about beer, a lot of people laughed. Mm-hmm. Oh, pff. yeah. You know, I lived overseas, and he was telling me all about the progress of uh, the beer tasting, the, the icebreakers, and just getting involved. And I thought, you know, way then, what's he doing? Yeah. But then I was missing it because he was so yeah. passionate about it when he was talking about it. And then he brought that home to him too and through a circle of friends and just made it made it big for The passion that he had, you couldn't help but get dragged along with that. And I'm not saying dragged in a bad way, but he seemed to just pull you along with that mm-hmm. and, and you just couldn't help but follow. Mm-hmm. Well, if you wanted to uh, mark the measure of the man, you needed to look no further than the memorial for Colin Jack oh, yeah. uh, in 2011 when he packed the Alpen Hall. I mean, we're talking pack. We're talking SR standing room only yeah. and just goes to show the amount of people that he touched. Uh, I w- 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 we always pay testament to Colin at the end of the show because of the fact that we're releasing a beer today just here for the beer. That was you guys' company. That yeah. was your company. Yeah. And Colin wasn't around to see his company on a beer label. He was there. He wasn't there to pour his beer at a beer festival. Mm-hmm. And as we close this special 10th year anniversary show, I, I wouldn't be where I am today yeah. without your son and your brother. Mm-hmm. And I know you don't have a glass to clink, but <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll raise a glass to him for I'm sure. I'm so glad you can be here. Come make sure that you come back for the, for the 15th anniversary <laughs> sure. and the 20th. And let's uh, cheers to cheers Colin Jack. Colin. Cheers, yeah. cheers. And cheers. Thanks for continuing the great work, you guys. Yes. Thank you. In, yeah, in, I'm, in I'm surprised and pleased. Good. Thank you. Yes. That's the biggest endorsement in the world. Rick yes. Mobier, thank you, my friend. Cheers, Bob. Cheers. Just here for the Beer Radio, Canada's original dedicated beer and spirits radio show, produced by Justin Kwan.